far are you going? About 30 years. In this week's episode, we pay tribute to the late Takao Saito in our review of the 1973 film Go-Go 13. In Unado 9, I couldn't make the shot. No one can make that shot. No one's that good. You're so nationless, so groupless, you fucking sniper. I know you with your Japanese eyes. You're so nationless, you're so groupless. I know your name, boy. In Unado 9, cut yourself open. Sing alone. Getting to know you, cut yourself open. In Unado 9, make the shot. No one can make that shot. Cut yourself open. You're so nationless. You're so ruthless with your Japanese eyes. I know you do. I know your name is Kodo. That's right. You're the best. You're the best with your 909. You don't see the building. You're the best. You're the shot. Get it to know you. Cut yourself open. Cut yourself open, boy. I want to know you. I want to friend. You need something. You need something. Get it to know you. Waiting alone. It's recording both of us. Yep, yep. It's getting both of us, okay. both the levels. Awesome. Good. Yeah, I was. I just got emails from AWA that both my panels are on the uh, schedule. Um, the thing is, they got them both in the same room instead of me going across like a hundred feet to go to the other panel room in like fifteen minutes. So they figured it's better for me to, to get the little pa- panel room uh, near the AMV rooms and stuff like that. Um, because I'm doing my initial D panel, and then 15 minutes later, I got my um, bad dubbing panel that I'm doing. So I don't have to get up and do anything for like two hours. <laughs> oh. So they're, uh, two panels are near each other? They're in the same room, yeah. Instead of me getting up and going like ha- like a quarter of the way across the con to go to the other one and rush over there. So, yeah. I-, I mean, granted, I think the, the, the bad dubbing panel is going to be overfilled. But oh well, that's that's on um, AWA and there and people that complain about that. I would I would think a better a bigger panel room would work, but oh well, um, I can't complain. So I don't know what what they're I don't know how they're gonna seat it. Like if it's every other seat, are they gonna do limited seating? I, they can't pack us in for sardines because of COVID, or they could, probably could because other cons have been doing it. You just gotta wear a mask and stuff. So, but. Anyways, I just I just caught that on the email just now, so I am all official. Mm, okay. Yeah, so I I and know. The, go ahead. When when is the con? Uh, last weekend in October. So okay. yeah, I'll be there from the twenty eighth until the thirty first. Um, and I've got AMVs for both the uh, expo and uh, pro. So people can mm-hmm. definitely come by and check those out. I, my plan is probably to re- release this podcast maybe 
before Halloween, if not maybe a week before. So, so like at least I can like, give some headway of people that check this out. Like, oh, you know. But yeah, we'll we'll see how this goes, depending on how quick I edit this. Um, but yeah, anyway. Convention on the thirtieth that I'll probably go on to in Glendale, so we could do like a con review episode in like early November. <laughs> that won't get released until ten months later. <laughs> yeah, not in twenty twenty three. Yeah, no, like oh my gosh, I I, I talked about my twenty nineteen panels like that summer of twenty no like later summer of twenty twenty. Holy cow! I had no motivation for anything, <laughs> but they finally did come out, so. Mm-hmm. I figured it might have been comforting. Like, oh, people miss panels. Here, hear about my panel experience from like eight, nine months ago. When they were still allowed to have panels. Yeah, the- allowed to have cons. Is this like a marketplace comic book store thing you're going to, or is this something else? Uh, yeah, they, it's the collector's marketplace that runs it. But, uh, yeah, they run out the Glendale uh, Civic Center a couple times a year now. Do yeah. a big toy show with a bunch of booths. Gotcha. You haven't thought about doing the anime con in, in Phoenix, the Sabaton con or whatever? I've heard that con. Uh, I've seen flyers for it at Bookman's and stuff, but I've just never uh, never been. But maybe one year I will go. It was only a few weeks ago, right? Yeah, maybe I, like I got best trailer for my AMV. So, I can't, I, so like I've won best trailer at that con two years in a row. So somebody mm-hmm. there really likes my stuff to make me best trailer. If not, there's not enough trailers, I guess. I don't know. I don't even know who the finalists were in that convention, but I just know, like, I got, for a second year in a row, I got best trailer for the AMV competition. I'm like, yeah, I can live with that. Yeah, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll make one of Golgo 13 uh, using some footage from the I, anime and the movie. I... I'm gonna. I love to. I love to try to make something for. Um, maybe something for uh, AWA next year. Google thirteen and and uh, and remembrance of uh, Takao Saito, because I've had an idea to do one for like a couple of years, but now it's like okay, I think I can finally try to piece something together and make that work. So I got about a year to work on it, and that just might be, might be my big magnum opus there, and just leave it at that. I don't know. It all depends on what's so, going on um, this year. Go, go ahead. The uh, the manga was still running right after like fifty years. Yeah, it's they're on like what was it? I I picked up um, volume two hundred like online because that was a big like big thing to get the two hundredth manga of Gogo thirteen. And when I was in Japan, I picked up like one a couple of the like the ones in the one fifties. Um, and you know that's been like seven years ago when I was in Japan. And that was what was recent then. It was, you know, 50, 50 volumes back. And... You sent one to me. Oh, wait, I got you one? Yeah, you sent me a Japanese Volgo 13 graphic novel, like, uh, years ago when you were in Japan. Yeah, well, I gave you stuff and Josh stuff, for sure. I think you sent Josh a Bleach volume, and you sent me a Volgo volume. No, I think I, I sent somewhere. Josh... I know I picked up the Space Dandy, um, like guidebook I think I got two of them and I gave one to Josh and then you and then I I gave him like a JoJo's like earphone wrap or something 
No, I don't have that. I have the I have the Space Dandy guide for season one. Okay, though. you have Space Dandy. Okay, and I gave Josh something else. It's all on that Japanese or that go, me going to Japan episode from seven years ago. There was something else too. I think it's like a Mikasa from Attack on Titan keychain or something like that. That probably was it. I mean, you, you'll have it somewhere. You're gonna look at it one day, like, oh yeah, that's that's for that's what Dustin got me. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure where it is actually because I've moved a couple times since then. You but have, uh, yeah. yeah, you were in Arizona back then, and then you moved to Texas, and now you're back in Arizona. Right, uh, I'm sure it's somewhere in some box, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I do have the logo on like my bookshelf though, so I don't know where that yeah. is. Mine are mine are in storage as of now, and because I just don't have room to put them anywhere. I, I boxed up. A was it ever trans- Was it ever translated into English? The the manga? manga? Well, okay, so, I mean, this is going to be a GoGo13 podcast. Um, so, right. the earliest translations uh, that I know of and I'm aware of that even I have is some of the old comic book translations where they adapted some of the stories to comic book form. Um, uh, Viz? Okay, so Viz put out the... They did, like, 15, 12, 13, 14 volumes of, like, Sort of maybe like a best of GoGo13 stories, and I've got a couple of the English ones. I used to have Volume 1. Volume 1 had probably one of the best stories I love to see adapted is him taking on a super gun that the Iraqi military built, and he blows it up by ricocheting a bullet off the reflecting pond in front of the gun turret, which the bullet shoots into a bunch of hoses and wires, Causing a uh, chain reaction explosion and blowing up the entire facility. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff that happens yes. in Golgo. Yes, and, and uh, what was it like? I've been hanging out with this uh, nerd couple in my apartment com- community, uh, but you know, in the past few months, we've gotten really to know each other and hang out with each other. And um, I brought over my Golgo Thirteen um, Sentai Filmworks TV series on Blu-ray. Because that sucker's been out of print for a while, and that, that's going up in value. I can't. I'm sure that sucker's even more now. Um, but anyways, I brought brought that over there, and I, we put on a couple of episodes. And I was thinking of like best of stuff, and uh, one of those was like where he takes on um, this guy that's in a uh, fo- like a fortress, and um, he's got like a glass fortress that he's in. That he thinks no one can penetrate, and they're like, oh, there's a pool in front of it. And even if someone was to perhaps ricochet a bullet off of the pool, the angle of the, of the trajectory, there's no way it can go inside this, like, you know, 6x6 six six or 6x8, six uh, you know, opening where, where the, the guy who has this, like, artificial island full of beautiful women that he har- harvests their organs for, no one can assassinate him. But then GoGo13 found a way because the girls were, you know, moving the water. And depending on the, the the wave or whatever, it's like he was able to use a particular wave to reflect the bullet off of that to go directly into that opening and take out shoot that guy directly in the head. And then he did the exact same thing a minute later to take out his hit, his bodyguard. That's like an Olympic gold medalist in shooting crap or something. Yeah, you have to wonder how this guy, Takao Saito, was able to come up with so many of these scenarios for it to run 53 years. And then now it seems that there's actually two spinoffs that have just started 
this summer. I guess he was really planning on expanding it. There's one called Gunsmith Dave that started in July, and one called Golgo Camp that started in August. I've heard of so Golgo I... Camp. I remember hearing about that one. I think the, the Gunsmith Dave one. No, that's the guy that works on Golgo's guns in the series. He's like yeah. he's the only gunsmith that Golgo trusts to make him like a superb M16 that can go double double the range or increase firepower by whatever means. And that's like, yeah, I remember that one. And I think probably Saito's got everything planned out. And then he's, because he's got his own production company that makes all the content for GoGo 13. Um, I, I mean, like, some of the stuff is, like, pretty, like, I, I'll flip to the pages because it's just interesting. But one of them is, like, I remember he shot or assassinated some guy's fish. And then the bullet went through the tank and took out his, like, wine glass or something. And I'm like, because it's in Japanese, I don't know if, if Gogo's target was to paralyze the fish or to destroy his glass of champagne. Uh, yeah, it's... And then there's other it's ones the, where, like, he... He'll, like, he tells someone he tells their pet, too, going by this movie. <laughs> yeah. Killing animals is also within Gogo. I think animals are, like, the... Um, just kind of the, the cherry on top to the assassination attempt. If, if it can pl- be ployed and plotted into the means of Gogo 13 accomplishing his mission. So, well, in this case, he already killed the, the criminal, and then he just kills the bird for good okay, measure. Just kill- but does that make you think that the real Max Boa was the parrot all along? <laughs> I think Gogo just likes to shoot things. Well, okay, first of all, Maybe it was a reflection of how he felt because of all the Gogo properties that I've seen and read, this is the one that he's got more empathy and is slightly more human than the other stuff. I mean, I don't remember the uh, Sonny Chiba movie that much. I have it on DVD, but um, I need to we'll rewatch that. <laughs> we'll, have to re- we'll have to review that at some point. Um, but, like, I think that's more just like Sonny Chiba being Gogo 13. Like, the, the crazy stuff Sonny Chiba does. Um,. Well, I didn't see Golgo being that empathetic in this. He's got that steel kind of face to him most of the movie. Okay, I guess so, at one point, he takes off his glasses after the woman he's with gets shot, but that's about it. Yeah, so that that stuff he wouldn't do because yeah. to him, a bitch is a bitch. Doesn't matter. <laughs> a hole is a hole. You know what? She was it's there like for James means. Bond. He's always. He always has sex with whatever woman he's with as part of a mission, and, and then it's kind of like she's disposable, and most of the time she ends up dead. Yeah, I mean, but he seemed like he had sort of remorse, like, you know, that she died, like, when he was taking cover behind that rock. And normally he's just like, well, whatever. I'll have another one on my lap, like, tonight after all this. So, or when I get out of the desert of Iran. Uh, but I don't know, like, he was, like, you know, always, like, you know, don't follow me, you know, I, I think, it, like, in, even in the series, he's probably, like, you know, certain people, he's like, I don't want anything happening to you, I'm gonna tell it to you once, don't follow me, don't do anything, and if you go against that, that's your own damn fault. So he's like, I done told you, and I don't repeat myself a second time. <laughs> um, which I can, I can totally understand. Um, but well, with this woman, he kept he kept like trying to get him to like say he loved her or something, and he'd just like turn his back on her and smoke and kind of ignore her. <laughs> yeah, and he's just like, "Are you done talking so I can put 
so I can have sex with you now. <laughs> yeah. Can you just stop using your mouth that way and use it the way I want you to? Can, can you just do that for me? And then shut up the rest of the night. <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, I was getting back to the parrot. Like, maybe the parrot is intelligent enough to run this guy's business. I don't know. Or maybe he's just like, you know what? You killed the girl I was with, so let me kill the parrot you were with, even though you're dead and you don't see it. Or maybe he had the empathy thinking that the parrot was going to go to the afterlife in hell with him. So those are some... Yeah, it could be. Yeah, he's like, it's too connected to Max Bill with something precious that can't live on. I'm going to shoot it. And therefore, walking in the desert for a week makes up for this. So I feel good. <laughs> Or he was just pissed off after having had to go through all the heat exhaustion. I, I think it was a lot guy. of things. I think being, think being pissed off as well. Because he, like, you know, was walking off or I'd done, and he, and he looks back, and he's like, no, I'm not. Bam! <laughs> I was expecting him to kill the woman, too. He, she wasn't on the hit, man. He, he, don't, he don't deviate outside of that. I think it was the fact that he probably noticed the bird cared about him more than the woman. So for him, it's just like, well, that's just wasting a, a, a life. She's better. She's worse off being alive than me killing her. So he's like, I can live with that. I don't know. I bring, I bring up some interesting philosophies to this. So I do want to talk about the movie a little bit. Um, yeah, I know we're all over the place. I really don't care. So this I'm movie... Kind of of the, yeah, Brian Freeman. I've never seen it, but doesn't he cry when he kills people? Uh, I... Yes. Yes, Crying Freeman. Okay, so the first... Oh, my gosh. Okay, we'll deviate to Crying Freeman really, really quick, and that is something I would I would need to review. And I've probably said it a few times in the past 10 years I've been podcasting. Hey, John, you should check out Crying Freeman. I've seen it. I own it. I have the manga to it. <laughs> but yeah, we've we mentioned it a lot. We, we, have, we haven't mentioned it a long time, but like I, we have mentioned it. Uh, but Crying Freeman, yeah, yeah, but Crying Freeman is under a possessive drug spell to assassinate people against his will. That's one thing, and then eventually he gets he just gets used to it. He doesn't cry as often later on. I don't think. But um, no, Crying Crying Freeman's a, a beautiful masterpiece of work. Uh, I believe both the manga and the anime. I, I've read part of the manga and I, I liked it. But um, so Gogol, I was gonna say about the, the the movie because this was filmed in Iran, before when Iran was cool back in the early seventies, and then they had Hamas take or whatever take over. Was it Hamas or whatever? And uh, the, the Ayatollah and the um, Islamic Republic and all that. Yeah, yeah. that happened in the late seventies, and this was like the early seventies when they made. This. Yes, back when they had freedom and capitalism, and the Ayatollah messed all that up, and they still don't make movies to this day. I don't know what they do, but um, I imagine there's probably a ton of like Iranian dubbed um, Gogo Thirteen just like sitting in like wherever in that in that um, country. That'd be great to get your hands on, but then you have to get into Iran. So therefore, is it worth it? Ugh, worth it? I don't know. They probably burned all the copies of this movie when they took power. I hope someone smuggled some copies out and they have it in like a storage closet that somebody hasn't digitized yet. I don't know. And the only thing we know about that I know about is just like the Dap the, the Japanese the Japanese dub of it. 
the overdub of it. Oh yeah, because they use Iranian actors and they're speaking in um, yeah Farsi or whatever, and uh, that then that was like dubbed over for the uh, for the Japanese market, and that's mm-hmm. the version that we had subtitled here. Yeah, I mean, I, there's no English dub version. I, I remember hunting, trying to hunt down a digital copy of this. I found it on some website, and. I don't even know if I can get a hold of that website anymore, but I was glad to be able to find an AVI file of this, and I've had it since, like, 2013. So I, I guess the movie's probably easier to get a hold of now, digitally online, than it was about 10 years ago. But uh, i love to get a VHS or DVD copy of this. Um, so anyways... Yeah, so they made... So this was the first uh, film... Uh, for Google 13 to adapt, and the manga was only out for like four years at that point because it started either in 68 or 69, so like four or five years. And um, yeah, I was just reading Takao Saito's um, Wikipedia page, and it says that he was doing a 007 manga from 64 to 67, mm-hmm. and then he started doing Olgo in 68. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to track down James Bond comics I by think- this guy. I think I found, like, there's English... Either I found English copies of it on archive.org that were translated. So they do exist, and I think I've skimmed through part of it. And those I would love I would love to see released in the States, um, if they can be. And the Fleming... Uh, Ian Fleming's, um, you know, family or whatever would have to be okay with that. I, I don't know. That, that, I don't even know if... I, I guess maybe Sato still has the rights to those, maybe? I don't know. Mm. Yeah, his estate or whatever. Yeah, his estate. Probably would have to like authorize the translation or something. But yeah, they could, there's fan subs of it on or uh, scanlations of it on the internet somewhere. I have to drag it down. I guess at that point there wasn't even Lazenby yet as Bond, so it must be based on the image of Connery. That could be it. Yeah. Because what year is Majesty's Secret Service? Like that, that's sixty nine or something. Uh... It was late sixties, yeah. That was when Sean Connery. No, Sean Connery wasn't done because he still had Diamonds Are Forever, and that was an early seventies film. And his last one yeah, being Never Say Never Again, that was unofficial to the uh, Ion production or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then soon Craig will be gone from the role. I, I just wonder who's who's next for James Bond. <sighs> They seem to be playing up that um, the black girl that's going to be in it. I mean, oh, are we getting... going to be like placing him as 007, right? I I guess because I mean, 007 really. I mean, this is going to the whole Doctor Who controversy, where you know people were pissed off that there's a female doctor. It's always been a guy doctor. He's always been like pissed off or whatever, and. Um, but now they're back to a guy doctor after like one season of like the female doctor one. So fans are happy again. It's well, not... I'm not sure or not because I, I know that the female doctor is leaving, but they haven't announced who's replacing her yet. I don't think I so. They it could already... be... Okay. They did announce like the, um, the director from the first few seasons of uh, the show after it got revived in the two thousands is coming back uh, to run the show again. So I think people were, were happy about that and he's male, but um yeah, I'm not sure who's going to be the next doctor, but it probably will be 
a man? I don't know. Um, I haven't watched the show since they brought in the female doctor. It's just, uh, it just didn't seem like it would be the same. I know nothing, hardly nothing of Doctor Who, and um, and it, I feel like it's way too late for me to get into it. Oh, yeah. It's very long. <laughs> yeah, the fact that they're still finding old... If I'm going to get into any of it, I might as well watch the stuff from the 50s and 60s, just start all the way in the beginning of what exists. And um, I don't know, I'm having fun watching 66 Batman. That's like the oldest oldest thing I'm watching right now. That's oh, a... yeah. the um the the 60s and 70s stuff is a lot of fun. Um like the John Pertwee uh seasons are it's kind of like they're I guess inspired by Bond or whatever because they had him become like a secret agent and he was stuck on earth for a few seasons and um oh. they they had him dressed more like a like Roger Moore type character and yeah, I, it changes a lot over the years with uh whatever's popular at the time, so the music is always changing and the sidekicks, the way they dress and everything. So it is like a fun time capsule just to look at different eras. Like, in the 80s, they have, like, all the synthesized music. (laughs) There was one I watched the other day from the early 70s where they are using a really early synthesizer, and it just sounded really terrible because they hadn't really perfected the technology yet. So just a bunch of like noises clanging around, <laughs> and they and they got like a bunch of complaints about it. So they they just stopped using the synthesizer for another ten or fifteen years till the technology was right. Till till they got actual musicians on and, and knew how to use keys properly on a, on a synthesizer. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Um. So okay, so anyways, going back to the movie. Um, so the first ever—I don't even know if this is based off of like an actual manga chapter that they adapted or whatever. Like if it was the same thing as um, the uh, Dazaki animated Gogo Thirteen, the professional movie, where that's its own thing. Um, I would assume this movie is its own thing and modeled it kind of James Bondy, of course. Um, because I I don't I can't think of any, you know, like villains and and Gogo Thirteen that are James Bond esque with like, you know, a parrot as a, as a you know a pet and then, you know, you've got like a, the, his uh female secretary or you know concubine or whatever that like sits there and holds the phone for him as he's as he's talking to Mister Walter or whatever because he's so freaking rich and can make this girl do anything. As she pounds down Johnny Walker, um, and then he slaps her in the face because she's smoking next to the yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's, she's like, "Oh, I got your tea," and he's just like a backhander. He's like, "Don't you smoke around my bird? <laughs> Don't, you're gonna give him cancer. He doesn't like that, <laughs> bitch." <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's definitely based on like Blofeld and the way he has the cat in the old James Bond movies. That's something they parody a lot in, like, Austin Powers, even Giovanni in Pokemon, who has, like, the Persian in his lap. That's obviously, like, a Blofeld yeah. reference. <laughs> but, anyways, the plot of this film is regarding that Google 13 gets hired to take on, basically, I would assume, is a sex, is a trafficking ring. Sex trafficking, obviously, because they keep finding beautiful women in whatever country this trading company operates in, beautiful women go disappearing. And then they move on to the next country and more women disappear. So the Google 
So, you know, the person who's paying GoGo13, his daughter was abducted, so he wants revenge for that and hires him because he's the only man to do the job. So then we get to, you know, Max Boa operating in Tehran and Iran doing whatever shipping or whatever. And they're, you know, he's got his underlings stealing women off the streets or whatever to for this trafficking ring. So it's up to GoGo13 to stop him, which then involves one of the women getting abducted as uh, one of the police investigators of Iran's police force, his wife. So then that's how all that kind of comes together. But after seeing this, this movie is sort of like straightforward, but then it gets kind of confusing because like the first time I saw it, I didn't know what, what was going on half the time. And then the second time I saw it, I said, okay, the dots are connecting because then you've got... You know, why GoGo13 is out in the desert, because he's trying to figure out, you know, the connection of where Max Boa's, you know, hiding all these girls or whatever. And then it gets to, like, the limp leg assassin that hides a gun in his leg. And (laughs) that's kind of, that was pretty stupid. And then it goes back into, like, the area, like, it's another town, it's not Tehran, I think they're out of that, like, halfway through the movie. At one point, uh, that guy, he's like, hey, don't you want to check my leg to see if there's a gun in it? And then the other guy's like, no, that's that's stupid. There wouldn't be a gun in there. And then the guy just shoots him. It's yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you want an opportunity, and then you pass it up, and then you got shot. Like, moron. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's like, you have to forgive my subordinate. He was being stupid. He didn't do his job right. And they're like, oh, it's water under the bridge. Who do we have to kill now? <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, here's the thing. How did it, like, I don't know how Iran is set up, but it seems like wherever GoGo13 goes, the desert's a huge, huge freaking place in Iran. But they all seem to know exactly where he's at. In the middle of the desert. So, like, he's yeah. just like, nobody's, nobody is near this spot that GoGo13 was at to get water. And then there's the limp leg assassin. Like, how long has that guy been waiting for GoGo13? And he didn't. You didn't see him drive a car there or anything. It wasn't like he got airdropped to that one random spot in Iran. That, that that's what gets me. It's like, how do these people know where he's at all the time? And they didn't have like cell phones to track back then, or yeah. like drones. Iran was too Dude. poor to have a satellite system in the seventies. I think. <laughs> I mean, I guess this was the period when the Shah was in charge, so he was allied with us, and maybe we provided him that kind of uh, stuff, but oh. I don't think that they would have, like, leased it out to, uh, you know, some, like, crime boss or whatever that was yeah. wanting to use to help with his human trafficking ring yeah, to yeah. deal with <laughs> Oh, God. It was, that's sort of, like, just kind of fun, campy stuff that doesn't make sense. And I like the fact that, like, so Mr. Walter's a blind guy that, that's like, you know, Max Boa's number two or whatever. So, you know, they, they set Gogo up to shoot the wrong Max Boa because we don't know, we don't know who Max Boa is. Um, you know, the, uh, at least Gogo isn't because he, no one has a solid identity on him. And then Gogo, Gogo gets, um, interrogated and hung up and they're whipping him and beating him or whatever. And then, you know, he's, he's able to get free and beat up the really big, tough guy. And then, like, the blind guy comes in there with a gun, takes his sunglasses off. He's like, ah, you're in my environment because 
the darkness is like the light to the blind man. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> if if you're blind, it doesn't matter if it's light or dark, you still can't see. <laughs> so, like, how blind are you? And then Gogo 13 defeats him by opening the door to a refrigerator that exposes, that lights up the room. And the guy's like, ah, I can't see. Like, you couldn't see before, asshole. <laughs> like, how would you know? Yeah, I didn't understand that. Part. I didn't get that part. I thought that was one of those, like, stupid things that didn't make any sense. And they were like, ah, oh, yeah, just throw it in the movie. <laughs> they must have, like, changed the line or something from the Persian version to the English version, uh, Japanese version. You know, it's like translated two or three times over, and something got lost in translation. <laughs> yeah, is he supposed to be blind? Like, well, he's got sunglasses on the whole time. Ah, uh, yeah, sure, let's go with him being blind. <laughs> Probably the actor thought he was supposed to be blind, and he hadn't, like, read the script or whatever, and so then he didn't put two and two together. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, his two bodyguards had to walk him across the street. So, I don't know if it was just like he had like sensitive eyes and he can't see in the daylight. And he's like a va- maybe part vampire. I don't know, man. Um, yeah, I guess that's true that you can be like legally blind but then still see a little bit or something like that. And that could be it, yeah. But he was saying like blind. He was he didn't give any like speculation of how blind he was. I don't know. What, do you, what are your comments on this film? I seem to be doing all the talking. Uh, well, yeah, it, it's definitely got that, like, 70s, like, spy movie feel to it that's pretty interesting. Like, yeah, you see that in a lot of stuff from the 70s. Like, it, I've been watching uh, Buck Rogers on MeTV lately, and even that, even though that's, like, a space adventure thing that's, like, yeah. they're trying to cash in on Star Wars, the way Buck is portrayed, he really is more like a Roger Moore character, you know. He goes through the same stuff Golgo goes through, where... You know, he gets captured and tied up, and then he has to find some way to escape, and then uh, he fights some big burly guy, like in this last one that aired last Saturday, who's the Tiger Man, mm. uh, that he had to fight for the affection of Princess Ardala, and it's always, uh, you know, it's always that kind of thing. If you're watching something from the, from the 70s that's an action thing, it's like, <laughs> that that was like, I guess those, those Roger Moore movies must have been like the top earning period of of Bond, because they made so many of them, and they were, like, so emulated by so many different uh, mm. franchises. Yeah. Even stuff that you think is, like, sci-fi or whatever, but then it, it becomes, like, Bond, if it's that period. And So... I mean, I, I guess the Connery movies are more iconic, because they're not as, like, campy and ridiculous as Roger Moore, and they are, like, closer to adapting the books, where they have, um, you know, Blofeld is in a... Right, and, uh, right. and, uh, they're more serious and I guess more slow moving like there's parts where it's just somebody walking around on a train or whatever and it's sort of like how in this there's scenes where people are just kind of walking around in the desert and that kind of thing but yeah there's a lot uh, of there's a lot of still shots where like Gogo stops the car and takes like 10 seconds to get out and you're kind of like you know he's being very is it like a sense of him being cautious or you know, he's just like, oh, fuck, I gotta get out of this freaking car and, and uh, fine, let me grab my gun. <laughs> and he's, yeah. Maybe he's just trying to get everything together and, yeah. Um, so I, I, wa- I want to bring up the uh, the M16 tech on this, on how he assembles the gun. So let me, since I am a AR-15 owner, which is modeled, which is basically, the AR-15 
is the base model to what is the M16. So they're the same. They they're the same rifle, but not really. So I, I, I what's interesting is how when Gogol as, assembles his gun because he gets it shipped in like three boxes to the hotel that he's at. Because back then nobody bothered to check guns and like you know boxes and the it, there was no TSA. It was a wonderful time. Anyways, so he's assembling the gun, and yes, um, with certain AR models you can screw on the whole handle to the base of it or the body. But here's the thing: you can't just screw it on and it's functional. There's a there is a particular piece that feeds. It's a it's a gas tube or rod that is there in order to have the pushback to pull the bolt carrier back to load the next round into it. So when the bullet gets to the end of the barrel, there's a there's a port there, like an ejection port. I, I know I'm messing up on the terminology, uh, but nobody's a gun fanatic that listens to this thing. So I, I'm learning as I go, owning firearms and stuff. But anyway, so like. The, it's designed where enough when the bullet leaves, there's enough gas pressure to feed up into that tiny tube and feed it all the way back to the bolt carrier to then push it back into the buttstock of the gun. So then that's able to load the next round in. But when you're too, I don't know if his gun is so, you know, that darn special where like he can screw it on and maybe it's all connected. I'm not really sure, but you don't see him feed anything into that tube. Uh, but, so then, like, how would the next round load? It's it's my thing. Unless there's some way to do it. I don't... I'm not sure, so... I don't know if you had any other questions you wanted to say, or your thoughts on the film, or... Uh, well, not really. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually gonna look up... Hold on. AR-15... Is it gas tube? Gas rod two pin... I need to know that I'm saying the correct things. Well, it's called an action rod. I I, I guess that's one way to look at it. Receiver gas. It, so it is a gas tube, yeah. Essentially. Uh, I don't know. I really. I mean, I definitely. It's. I understand that this film is um, not easy to get a hold of. Actually, let's go ahead and check Amazon just for the, you know, just to see. Who put out this movie in America? I don't... I I really don't know. Let me see. So, I was talking about the comic books on, like, what they released back then. Um, So, let me see if I can get a publisher on this, because I'm looking this up on Amazon. So, they were Viz Comics, but I believe somebody else released them, because they were tied into the... um, the Gogo 13 SNES game, and I think one of the issues I have has like tips to it or something, which is, which is interesting. Uh, yeah, that came out in the late uh, 80s, I guess. Uh, yeah, that would be my assumption because I, I think Google, the Gogo 13 game came out in the late 80s. Yeah, like I'm looking at the the Viz manga, um, like Volume Six is one minute past midnight is like eighty dollars on Amazon for a paperback. Because these things have been out of print for probably ten, ten more and more years. So, more than ten years, uh, yeah. fifteen. And I, I wish Viz could get them again and, and do like a Tonko Bond series, and hopefully we can get a whole release of these. That would be amazing. So, you know, what? let me check eBay real quick. 
because I want to know if people can actually pick this up instead of trying to find a, a downloadable copy online. Or it's probably on YouTube by now. I did search like Golgo thirteen live action on YouTube, and uh, all I saw was like trailer and stuff. I don't think the whole movie's on there. There's so there's people that are selling like the Japanese poster with Ten, ten uh, Ken Takakura on the cover for like one hundred twenty five bucks. I assume these are probably coming out of Japan. No, this one's coming out of New York. Movie poster. Some movie posters are like stupidly expensive. I mean, this would be cool to have. That's for sure. But I don't. Nothing's immediately coming up on eBay regarding the movie. Like, okay, I found the Sunny Chiba movie. That's an import coming from Australia. That one's been released more because Sonny Chiba's popular. There's like a box set of it with other movies with him and stuff that have been put out. So, if you can find the 73 film, then, and hopefully it's not too bad, then get it. Um, yeah, there's one like of a, of a movie poster with Golgo 13, but it's like the internals of an M16, which actually looks pretty cool. That's actually like his M16 is actually like it's a weird one too because it's got a it's set up where it's like has I don't want to say it's not really a riser per se but like it's he's able to mount a scope on it. It's some of the M16s he has is different designs in terms of like the carry handle that has a rail system on top which is the what you what you can find commonly which is what I have on my airsoft gun on my real AR. And um, then there's other ones that like there's a like a custom like fixed sight or iron sight, but then it's also got like a riser on it where like the scope is high enough where you can you know um, sh- you know like basically shoot with comfortably. And then there's the uh, what's called the Colt M bar, which is has the whole cheek rest on the on the uh, fixed buttstock, the the traditional one that you can rest, and then you can also look down the. Um, the sights on the on the scope if it's on a riser above the uh, carry handle, which is what I have, which I was able I was actually able to find one pretty cheap. Um, I, I know all of this gun talk it means nothing to you, but I'm just I, I'm just saying what I know that I believe is right. I don't. There's nothing with nothing on eBay regarding. It's the animated movie that's. Um, the Sonny Chiba film, but nothing with the Ken Takakura one. And that's, you probably have to do some incredibly deep digging to find that film. Otherwise, you just have to find it digitally online. Someone probably has it on archive.org or something. Yeah, but the, uh, to get a real physical copy is, is what you really want to hunt down. I, I Maybe it was only released on like VHS and that was it, which is my assumption. So how did you, how did you find it? I found it through like a website that had a bunch of like older films on it that I did some digging on Google. Uh, oh, this sure. was again like eight years ago, and good thing I've kept my file like all this time. It could be that it was a fan sub or something. Out of it, it seemed like it was an actual like burnt in subtitle. I don't know. It it, uh-huh. it could have been a fan sub. Well, sometimes they sometimes they do that where they just include the. I mean, I mean, I know that there's people who don't who don't like it when they do that. But there's some that do like a hard sub or whatever. I'm one of those hard sub guys. 
I mean, I'm not going to disable the text and like watch a show or all or whatever. You know what? Let me check. Uh, <laughs> let me check Naya. If anyone's going to have it, Naya would have it. Now, if there's any cedars, probably not. But let me just type in 1973. So, okay, there is actually people seeding this film um, on Naya. So that's a way to get it. Okay. Uh, somebody's got a complete Google 13 complete series um, with the film assignment Coolong. Kulun or whatever, um, all in one like a 17 gig file, which isn't bad. Yeah. This is including the 29 or the 2009 TV series, and so you can't beat that. Yeah. Yeah, I had forgotten about that website because I hadn't downloaded any. Like, I new anime. use it quite a, kind of quite often. So. <laughs> yeah. What What is this? The like suffix at the end? It used to be like a dot se or something. What is it now? Ah, uh, it's si. That's odd. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah. What What is that like? Swaziland or uh, Swahili? <laughs> or I, I I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, I'll look it up. It's probably some country that's got less restrictions on the internet. It's a country that about. doesn't care about copyright. Slovenia. There you go. That's where Melania comes from. Uh, well, I got. I think I've, we've did a good um, overview of, of the movie in general because I want to. You know, I we've kind of covered the highlights of the film and spoiled it a little bit. But I mean, definitely check it out if you're the listener. It's definitely worth it. It's it's a good. Like I feel like it's it's a good solid Google thirteen property, and I wish it was commercially available. Um. I mean the TV series. The TV series is great. Queen Bee, I remember like being kind of like you know kind of meh on Queen Bee, but that one's pretty good too. Yeah, Go Go Thirteen is a hit or miss on what it uh-huh. is, because I feel like there's a lot of good stuff out there that's like you know action. It's not supposed to be all action packed, but when it is, it's really good. And other stuff is just kind of like, you know, it's like ah, oh, you know, I, I'm probably not going to watch that episode again. Like I'm just thinking of the TV show. Who was it that had licensed Queen Bee? I have it on VHS. That was ADV, I believe. Because I had really? that on DVD, yeah. Let me check. I was thinking it was like some one of those early companies, like Urban Vision or something, but let's see here. Uh, let me type in Queen Bee. Yeah, it is, it is Urban Vision Entertainment. That's, that's right. I... And they had uh, John DiMaggio. Yes, the voice of Bender, voicing Gogo. He actually did a pretty good job, I'd say. Um, oh, you want to? So interesting enough. Um, I mean, okay. So I don't know if you like recently, like the past few months, uh, Toy Galaxy did a review on this series called Street Hawk, which is like Knight Rider but with a motorcycle. But I've never heard of that. I I've got a full series of it and I've been slowly trying to get through that but last night I was watching the uh, the television pilot which is like a, a television movie to sell it and one of the actors in there is a very young Richard Epcar oh. the voice of Bato like from the, Ghost in the Shell Bobo Bo also probably yeah I, mean, I, I haven't seen Bobo Bo but like it's probably him 
I think that's him. Yeah, he's like the tallest guy like in the squad people and he's like taking bets on like if Jesse Mark can like jump like ten police cars or whatever and and uh, he radios it in, but he's like got the deepest voice and then like I was reading the credits and I saw Richard Epcard say, Is this the same guy? So like I'm Googling it on my phone, I'm like, Holy crap. This must have been like one of his earliest acting roles. Like before he was probably doing voice acting too. Because I think this came, this show came out about the same time as Robotech, and he was doing dubbing for Robotech, and like, um, like the eighties Gigantor anime show that was on Sci Fi Channel, um, yeah. So like, I, I, I and I watched the scene that he was in in his character because they said his name, and I was like, holy crap, that is Richard Hebcar. So, yeah, I'm looking through his roles. Uh, yeah, he, he is blah, blah, blah. Oh, he's Joseph Joestar, right? Yeah. And, but, but it is weird. If you look at the roles on Wikipedia, they list one from the 80s, which is Robotech, where he plays Ben Dixon. One from the 90s, which is Macross Plus, where he plays Gold, Goa, Bowman. Yeah, yeah. But then nothing else until 2002. And then there's a bunch from there on. I Let's see, he was in Ghosts in the show, like, and that was the movie. And, I mean, they're all L.A. actors, so then they're, you know, whatever they're close to on that. Um... Oh, well, um, this is the TV series section on this page. But if you scroll down further, you can see the um, movies, and yeah, the show goes to the show in 1996. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, he should be credited for Gigantors. I heard he was in there. I haven't seen a whole lot of that. I, I know there's... Somebody, I think it's it was probably. Retro CCN on MySplain that got a bunch of rips from Sci-Fi Channel when they had, um, like, the Gigantor 80 show on there uh, before yeah, the Saturday anime. Right. Okay, so you have that same file? I do, yeah. Uh, I think that it was, like, airing next to Robotech, right? Yes, yes, it was. Yeah. I think it was, like, yeah. early 90s they were showing that. Yeah, they, they, they did air, um, they did air, like, I think, Maybe G Force back then as well. Yeah, it was under like a Cartoon Quest or something like that. I I guess they aired it like Saturdays or on the weekends or something. Yeah, they they had some shows. I think they had room more. I I seem to be the only guy that gives a crap about (laughs) anime that's been on Cartoon Network, but I love to see someone tackle the anime, every anime that's been on Sci Fi Channel. And it's only going to stop until like 2011 because after Anna Monday there hasn't been anything since, as far as I can tell. Um, but that's still a good chunk of time to to go through. Like, I, I don't know how you would begin on like. I mean, is there digital like archives of like TV guides going back to like when that channel started back in the what 90s? Like, are you able to even like just sift through all that for? Gosh, <laughs> I mean, that's what you would have to do. No, it's, it, I'm sure it's easier than that. I mean, at, at one point I was going through and watching all the all the movies and OBAs that they'd aired on there back in the day, like, yeah. um, you know, like the Project Aco sequels and all that stuff that they had aired back then. And, uh, they had Gal- Venus War. Yeah, and, Gal Force. Um... And all different. Uh, yeah, I didn't see Gal Force yet, but, uh, yeah, there was a lot of... Uh, a lot of stuff like that, and they, and they were listed on the. I think there's like a list of programs broadcast by Sci-Fi Channel that's on uh, Wikipedia, and also if you're on A and N, you can look up. Um, there's like a broadcaster section, and um, it'll show like 
all the things that aired on a particular channel. Are you able to so find? Are you able to find a link to that? Because I would love to take a look at that. That would be helpful, right there. I wish I knew that. Yeah, yeah. I'll send you this stuff. Um, yeah, we'll yeah, definitely put it in show notes so people can check this out. Because I, if I can, if I know a hundred percent that the the information on ANN is correct on what's on Sci Fi Channel, then I can very well put together like some sort of Sci Fi Channel anime on Sci Fi Channel panel. The same thing I did with Cartoon Network, so at least people would know. Right. Uh, and, like, I, I dug through... I mean, like, the thing with Cartoon Network is that where I watched nearly all of my anime was on Cartoon Network, and I think I, I, I do that panel, and I like to turn it into something else, maybe a book or... I don't know. Um, where I can, I can well-document and catalog, like, anime that's been on that channel, so the anime fans have a resource to know what was on that station and what's been on there for 25 years. Uh, yeah, um, I think that they probably started in like, yeah, their early nineties. When did Sci-Fi Channel start in? Um, I'll look it up here. Okay, yeah, September twenty-four, nineteen ninety-two. So that's about the same time as the Cartoon Network started airing. Um, yeah, but I don't and, think Cartoon Network fully went to I'm anime sure or showing anime until ninety-five. The what? Sci-Fi was doing it before Cartoon Network because they um, mm-hmm. they didn't really have any anime on Cartoon Network until like '96 or so. Well, '95 is when they did the um, they started showing G Force and Speed Racer 95. and uh, the Night of the Vampire Robots that one night thing. That you know, after many years, it's finally online that people can check out. Yeah, I'm just scrolling through the list of programs broadcast by Sci-Fi Channel on Wikipedia to see if they have like a specific subsection for anime. They have like former programming. I don't know if it's going to fit under that. Then they have second run programming. I don't know what the difference is there. Cheesy, um, jeezy, what is that? Late night programming block on Sci-Fi. Animated series aimed at adults. Okay, I didn't even know they had this. It must be an attempt at, like, competing with Adult Swim or something. The letters of the alphabet that come after is S-Y-F-Y. Okay. That's stupid. That, that rebranding was a, a joke. Yeah. <laughs> the initial lineup reruns of Futurama. Wow, they've really got some exclusives there. I'm looking at the chat. Did the DAF go to like a, a flea market or something in the northwest? Uh, the northeast, yeah. Northeast, whatever. I, I get. I don't know if he's still if he's still in um, California or not. Well, I imagine he came back. Someone has sure. a tent that just says Disney pans, and there's literally dozens of people in here. That's that's scary. Yeah. Yeah, Disney pins is like a real collector's thing now. What, what like pins that you put on your shirt or something? Yeah. Okay. Uh, here we go. Animation on sci-fi. They do have a subsection for this. And it's it's a long list. It probably has all of them, but... Yeah. But it lists stuff like Eyes of Mars, a bunch of like streamlined dubs are are listed on here. Well, that was what year was it that they brought back uh, 
But when I started the Anime Monday, was that like 2008 or 2009? I believe 2000... I want to say 2007. Really? Did it run almost five years? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, I feel like 2006. No, no, it's not that Okay, so it was two... Yeah, because it started in... You know, I might... It might... I want to say 2006, possibly. It, it is 2007. Okay. And then it says in 2008 they moved it to Tuesdays, and then 2010 they moved it to Thursdays. Right. Um, um, but they because, have, like... Yeah, because I was missing have, out on... Um, shoot, hold on, i got to take this phone call. Right. Of course, all that made I made it on the recording. Um, okay, I, I <laughs> mental note: edit out. Um, no, because I remember I remember taping like Street Fighter, and I remember watching some of Macross Plus. Uh, I think it yeah, did it start early really, in two thousand seven. Um, I think so. Yeah, I, I do remember. Like the, at first, they had I think it was. Um, Noane and Toko, and then they had like um, that was now and then here and there or something like well, that. I thought Tokyo. I, I thought Toko came out in two thousand eight because really? the only thing I re- no, I no, I think you are right because I I was still in Raleigh and I didn't have ca- access to the Sci Fi Channel for like a, a, for a number of months, so I didn't catch up on anything until like I moved to South Carolina, and then by that time I was watching like the when MD Geist was on there. And I taped that, and then I taped like the first season, and I know I know I got the tape for season two of Gundam Double O somewhere. I know I taped part of that at least, and I got to find that tape. Um, but there was like Dead Leaves. That was all like two thousand eight, like with Monster. Um, Monster. That was around when I stopped watching the one because I saw like the first two episodes and just didn't get yeah, into it. Girl in the Gun was on in two thousand eight too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do remember they had they had a lot of different things. Mainly it was the manga entertainment stuff at, at that point. But yeah, they never. I see f- that Indie Guys is by CPM. Yeah, they had like Vampire Wars. Uh, I think they aired Psychic Wars. Um, <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah, those were not good movies. Um, anyways, yeah, I remember, I do remember Vampire Wars on there. Um, Virus. Surge. Yes, virus. Yes, uh, I didn't. That was something else I didn't tape, and I wish I did. Um, that one show that's like really gay. Sorry, I can't be more specific, but <laughs> it's like really gay anime. Like the the voice acting is so like campy. It's like it's like New York voice actors, uh, and they like it's like the one of them was like the voice of like Pegasus or Bakura or something in Yu Gi Oh. But they like camped it up even more, and maybe there's like some sort of vampire or supernatural theme to it or something. Well, um, was you know what I'm talking about? Was this like a one-time thing or was this like a show? No, it was like twelve episodes. JT made fun of it a lot. I think the word "night" may have been in the name. Is it? Is it Descendants of Darkness? That's a dark distance. My brother freak. So no, at at AWA two years ago, we were in a panel room, and not a panel room, but like a video room, and we we're just it was me, my brother, and my buddy John, and we were in there watching. We saw saw the first two episodes, 
And it was the gayest thing. Like, yes, because the two chicken characters in there had, like, the one girl, like, she had the most annoying voice from Jersey or something. And, um, and then, yeah, so, yeah, that's that show. And we were in the, and then we went to the dealer's room the next day. My brother was like, I have to get this DVD. We have to figure out how this show ends. So (laughs) we've gotten through, like, a handful of episodes, but he's... Anyways, it's I don't know if we're gonna I have to well, I can have to steal his DVD next door and and we can we can basically watch it and review it because I want to finish that show. Yeah, I, I it has some overly it. gay over undertones on that, like majorly, but it was it's still comical to watch. Yeah, it was it was uh, something JT would make fun of the same way he did with Street Fighter Two B, uh, where it was just it was just funny. I mean. <laughs> I, I do remember I, I like Street Fighter 2V. Don't be knocking that show. <laughs> well, I liked it too. It was just, it was just a ridiculous show. Well, they never, so they never finished Aaron past the, um, the, the, uh, they, they, I think they got to the Vega fight and then they never finished after that. It went on to something else. So I don't know if it was due to ratings, but they never finished that show because that's as far as I got. But I yeah, think I, I might have kept up with that. it, like, and I couldn't tape the rest of it. I just got the first six episodes. Yeah, I wish I had seen the the rest of it, but uh, it, for some reason they stopped airing it, and then they kept airing like Street Fighter Alpha and Street Fighter oh, uh, yeah. Two, and all these different Street Fighter things. Yeah, it's not like Street Fighter was bad for them. It's just they just stopped airing the series and started airing these other things over and over. Yeah, yeah. They aired some like motion comic even of Street Fighter. I I didn't watch it that night. I don't remember that. I mean, but yeah, the block ended either, with uh, Star Blazers. And they didn't, even finish, they didn't even finish the whole Star Blazers series. They aired it up into the teens, and then they just dropped the whole thing. So yeah, Star Blazers was like the, the Star Blazers is like an introductory to anime fans, and also like the nail in the coffin to anime outside of Cartoon Network. It seems like. Yeah, I mean that was that was a during a point where Cartoon Network was kind of like uh, dead as far as anime goes, like. They may have had, uh, they may have had Pokemon and Beyblade, and that was about it in like 2011. Like they were really not airing very much, and uh, Toonami was dead at that point. I think only thing on Adult Swim was Bleach, mm-hmm. as far as new anime. So like it was a bummer when that block got canceled. But then less than a year later, we got the uh, the Toonami April Fool's prank, which led to Toonami coming back. So that yeah, like two months later. So, and Toonami's been on ever since. Yeah, I think it's probably been on Adult Swim now longer than it was on. Regular? Well, maybe not. Maybe not longer than it was on Cartoon Network, but almost as long. Yeah. I mean, it's been almost 10 years now. It has and been I think 10 years. It was, like, it was like 97 to 2008 or something, so they still got a couple of years close as long, but it, it, it has lasted a long time. Yeah. Pretty impressive, because like, the linear TV ratings for Cartoon Network, they're dropping like a rock. I mean, what they've done over the last few weeks is they added this uh, this block um, that's on in the mornings called Cartoonito, and it's it seems like it's just as big of a flop as Tickle You was in 2005 when they when they added a preschool block. See, I don't, um, I don't even know what any of this stuff is. This is how out of the loop I am. Yeah, well, it's like eight hours a day now on Cartoon Network is called Cartoonito from like 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. or something. Okay. And it's like, 
uh, or, or maybe maybe until two or three. I don't remember exactly what the hours are, but because I haven't watched any of it. But uh, I just I just know that they're in like preschool stuff, and like I I, I got like tunes on. They send me like an email every week still, and so that one of the the threads that they linked to in the email was like Cartoon Network ratings, and I was like, oh, I got to see this. Like, is this Cartoon Network new block dying? And the the ratings are like. 30,000 people watched it, like, in the whole fucking country. And, like, they've gone down, like, by a huge amount. I guess, like, toddlers are just watching Playhouse Disney or whatever because they showed the Playhouse Disney ratings were, like, 250,000 or something or, or something. It was, like, way, way higher than the network. And, and then uh, Adult Swim, too, their ratings have dropped by, like, half because they're airing that show Joe Para Talks to You, which is, like, some guy with a really dull voice like, shopping at a supermarket or some shit. I've seen some commercials for it. I've never seen a whole episode, but that's airing at 8 p.m. now, where they used to have, like, Family Guy and Cleveland Show and King of the Hill and all these shows that they lost. Yeah. And, and so, like, that, the channel was in trouble. <laughs> and soon they're going to lose Bob Burgers, too, after losing Family Guys. And so they're going to be without a lot of their biggest rated shows. And, and it seems like it's affected even their... Um, the the shows on like CN proper like uh, Teen Titans Go ratings have dropped by half since they added Cartoonito and Lost Family Guy and it's like I, I don't know how long these linear TV channels are are gonna last especially if like all of the shows that are popular get bought up by Disney like what happened with Family Guy because now it's just on FX and FXX and whatever Disney owned channels since they acquired Fox. So I just got this new guest announcement for AWA, and that's Lisa Ortiz. From uh, Four Kids Voice Acting. Well, yeah, she played D-Lit, and I, I, she autographed my DVD of um, Record of Lotus for like about a decade ago, and I was trying to get her on the show for an interview, and I remember doing one, and like some guy was holding the camera. And he was really shaky about it, and like you can barely hear us. So I, I think I got that audio like somewhere on a hard drive, and I, it's so bad I can't I can't even use it because I can barely wow. hear. Because you hear all the other stuff in the cons. So I don't have like a mic or anything, and it was like five minutes, and she was in a rush, and that was the last time I talked to her. So I was at like Bonsai Con Two, I think. And I, I hear that like she's one of these people that shows up to like one convention and doesn't go back to it again. So. Uh-oh. Yeah, I've noticed that she was in uh, My Hero Academia recently, so I guess she is getting some roles outside of, like, New York dubs. Uh, yeah, wow. I mean, most of the stuff is New York dubs. So, I mean, like, she could always, she could sign my Gal Force Eternal Story DVD. Um, I can get her to sign my Blu-ray copy of um, Record of Lotus War, one of them. Um, oh, she was Alicia in Blue Gender. I don't even remember who that character was. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, but early Funimation doll. Okay. That must be like after um, you know, Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z and Yu Hakusho, that must be like the first thing that they did. Maybe Fruits Basket was before that too. And I remember they like when they ended on Adult Swim they edited it more heavily than they needed to. Because mm-hmm. um, they like I guess that's just what Funimation was accustomed to doing, like heavily editing something to get it to TV. So they edited out like a lot of the shots of like the uh, the blues being shot and all that kind of stuff. 
but then the Adult Swim bumpers were like, these enemies look like walking vaginas and stuff. <laughs> and they have like these really crass bumpers, but then the show itself was like heavily edited. Yeah. Uh, so. I think the phrase they used was an angry woman's vagina or something, was how they described it in the enemy villains looking in that show. Oh, I mean, Lisa Ortiz was uh, uh, Joey Wheeler's sister, Serenity. Um, yeah, that, that, that that's true. Yeah. I was going to say, um, gosh, in terms of IRL stuff that's happened, um, well, Afghanistan's a shit show. So is our um, government now. When is When is it not? Um, these COVID restrictions are way out of control. Like even to go to, I guess, in-person learning in California, you have to be vaccinated. Like I didn't even know it was authorized for children yet. The vaccine. I, I mean, like, how is this is going to affect the public school system? Which I, I mean, it's already been shit for years. So it's kind of like probably like these parents are like either I don't know if it's affecting like the private schools either. It. The thing is, there's, there's there's a whole lot more people that are coming out, trying to come out, and there's a lot of there's been a lot of people in the healthcare system that are quitting, and because they know this vaccine isn't working like like it's supposed to. So and, and take that for what it is. Fired. What? Quitting or getting fired because now that there's the national vaccine mandate and yeah, it's both. It's they're, like... they're walking off the job. There's there's many of them. They're they can only go in like these certain private like um like. It's gonna be. They're gonna, obviously gonna be right wing, um, you know, online political like um, outlets and stuff that my mom happens to keep up with. It, it's probably borderline, maybe Q and on, or at least maybe the people that keep up with it are part of that group. Who I'm not really sure, but it's it's the fact that like, yeah, it, it seems like if you're if you go to the hospital and you're on a ventilator, it's like they're trying to kill you so they can get more money. Because you know, if you're if you're dying from COVID cases, that's a bigger paycheck in their pocket. The healthcare system is totally corrupt. I don't know how else to put it, but I mean, like, you know, if you're not affected by the vaccine, fine. But there's other people that, in my personal belief, that don't need to take it. And I have an aunt that's in her 80s, and her doctor told her, "You don't need to take this. It will kill you. Don't take it." As your doctor, as an honest to good doctor, I've been your doctor for many years. Do not get this. I'm just saying. Yeah, my mom just got the third uh, thought a few days ago, and, like, it's much more uh, severe symptoms than even the second shot. It seems like each time it's it, it gets more and more um, hard on the body to take these shots. And uh, she was, like, uh, like, major, like, hot and cold spells, and... Um, like, uh, when she was driving, she started, like, uh, shaking and thought she was going to pass out and had to pull over to the side of the road. And it's it's been, like, pretty tough. Well, why? I'm, I'm, don't take this the wrong way, but why? See, now she's already into it. Now she has to feel that she has to take the rest of them because she's already into it. But, like, if it's if something's doing that to your body, why are you continue taking it? That's my argument. Well, the idea is, like, that it, this is, like, a temporary symptom, whereas COVID might kill you or something. 
but then the vaccine could kill you if you're driving and then you suddenly pass out and crash into another car. So exactly. And that, that happened. It was kind of like, well, this thing is like dangerous, you know. It's the 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 virus is morally mostly affecting the older people, and younger people. It depends on their health condition. I get that, but they have a, an incredibly high high recovery rate. And even if you have the vaccine, you're still going to catch COVID. So it doesn't really stop you. It doesn't avoid COVID from going into you. It seems to be more attracted to you than not than if you weren't vaccinated. I'm I'm saying this based on my viewpoints of how I see everything as a whole as of now that you're not going to hear on lamestream media. So, you know, call me a terrible person for not pushing the vaccine. So, and I'll leave it at that. We'll see what happens with these, uh, you know, this national mandate from Biden on all the employers. I mean, it's, I'm sure it'll go to the Supreme court because my governor is challenging it among, I think other governors as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be a big thing. I mean, there there are like vaccine requirements to go to school already for like mumps and measles and rubella and that kind of thing. So I don't think California's uh, vaccine mandate for school is going to get struck down. But do, making a requirement on employers, I don't think that's been done with other vaccines in the past. Yeah. So that might be that might be something that's deemed unconstitutional because I don't nowhere in the constitution you would see any authority for them to mandate this. Like what article yeah. allows this? There's no mention of vaccination as a enumerated power in the constitution of the federal government. Exactly. And and honestly, it's a moral issue because you're dealing with somebody's livelihood and their health. This is not a one, one size fits all drug that everyone can take and everyone's going to be a hundred percent fine with it. You clearly see the effects. It's, it's not even doing it. It's not, yeah, okay, it's affecting... Some people take it, and it doesn't seem to affect them at all, so it's like, you know, okay, fine, great, you know, good for you, but it shouldn't... It shouldn't be, like you know, like I said, a one-size-fits-all where you take it, and you're not going to get any kind of side effects from it, and you'll be fine, because that's not what... That's not... Is what... Is what... Hap, is what, it's happening. Is what's happening. Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's so it's so government control. It's so tyrannical. It is right there in your face, and these people are such sheep. You also have the issue of like pregnant women not wanting to get it. Like the CDC put out some tweet yesterday saying like only thirty percent of pregnant women have gone. They want you to get it, but then there's the concern of like, well, should you really be injecting some sort of uh, experimental pharmaceutical substance into your body when there's a life form growing inside of you. Exactly. And what, you don't know what it's going to have. On and ha- has this fully been approved by the the FDA? Because I don't. I I have, I've heard it hasn't, unless I'm wrong. Because the CDC well, is pushing like this that. stuff, I, so I obviously don't trust them. Do what? They did that emergency authorization, and now I think it's it may have been approved generally as well now. But I find that I mean, bullshit. The, 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 <laughs> It's just, I mean, what, what, what they said on the, they had like an interview with these doctors that, that were refusing to take it and nurses and stuff on the local news. And uh, they, they were like saying, you know, we're not taking it because it's not been subject to the same long-term review as other vaccines. And we don't know what the long-term effect of the mRNA vaccine is. It's never been done before and that kind of thing. And especially the, especially the effects on it. 
the fetus, you, you really don't know what that's going to be because it's hard to monitor what's happening in the, the fetus's body. Mm-hmm. It, it can't tell you if it's feeling sick, uh, really. Uh, you know, maybe it will kick more or something, or maybe it'll just die. And it, you know, it's just hard to tell. And are you going to experiment on a bunch of pregnant women and they're just going to put their kids on the line to, to do it? I mean, I, I don't know how safe any of that is, really. I, you know, you say that, and then we live also living in a society where people are pissed off that Texas has an abortion ban. If you're past, like, you know, the, the heartbeat. If they hear a heartbeat, yeah. don't kill the kid. And I am all for that because I have an issue with abortion, personal one, let's just say. So I have my, I have my reasons. Obviously I think it's very clear because my thing is that, you know, if we consider abortion a human right, why are we taking the life away from another human being? So they don't have that right. That makes no damn sense. And that's these people, the people who say that that's their agenda. It makes, it, it contradicts itself that, Taking a life is a human right, and but if it's a human right and you ever want everyone to have the equal human rights, why won't you give it to something that hasn't been out of your uterus yet? Uh, that, that reminds me, last night Tucker had this segment about the uh, whole pregnant man controversy, uh-huh. where they like want to create like a pregnant man emoji, and they want to stop using terms like uterus and ovaries, because it's offensive to what they call birthing people. Which oh. is supposedly was men and all this stuff. Fuck because me. like a woman might call herself a man, but then oh still get God. pregnant or something like that. <laughs> and, and then it's and then she he played this clip of like some uh, British woman and she was being like interviewed on some British channel about like is it transphobic to say uh, w- woman instead of birthing people or something? And then this this woman she's like well. I don't want to pit women and trans people who are both oppressed against each other. And so this isn't a helpful question. And then he's like, give me a yes or a no answer. And then she just starts going... (laughs) (laughs) She's like about to have a seizure or a heart attack or something. She's She's having a mental breakdown because her beliefs are contradicting each other. And then she realizes, wow, this is all messed up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and and then Tucker goes through like lists of like a mass hysterias uh, throughout history and times when people lost their minds and he, and he, he like mentions that there's some incident where a bunch of nuns also one of them started meowing and then the others all started meowing and they all started thinking they were cats what? and then it, so he just kept repeating through the segment. After each insane like clip that he had, he's like, "We are all cats now, meow." <laughs> Just like to point out, we're going through a period of mass insanity where one person says one crazy thing, and then everybody else has to copy it and just go along with it. Nobody's there to say no to this stuff. No one has the balls to get up and just say no, just no. That's not how it's supposed to be. That's not how it is. That's not how it cannot work. But, you know, it's your right, if you want to call it that, um, to do whatever you want. Hey, doesn't affect me, but don't throw it on the rest of society. Anyways. Yeah, well, I mean, the problem is if you try to say no, uh, then, well, I mean, he showed some some tweet of some uh, Daily Wire reporter or something like that who said, like, uh, there's no such thing as birthing people. There's only birthing women. 
and then she got banned from Twitter for saying this, and it's like, yeah, if you ever dissent on anything, you're going to get banned from the internet, and like that's the totalitarian system that we're living under now. Yeah, there, there, there is no more free internet. It's gone. I mean, I mean, I was hoping like a year ago that Trump was gonna make his own social network platform because they people around him kept saying he was going to. And it just hasn't happened. I mean, at one point he set up like a blog on his website or something where he would send out messages, um, and but it, there was no comment ability, and there was no like you can sign up and post on there ability at all. And then that went away after like I mean, he deleted the blog after like a, like two months or something. It didn't last long at all. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know why he, he. I mean, this guy has like seventy five million supporters or something that voted for him in this last election why he can't get someone to make some sort of website like that. But I guess you run into the issue of how are you going to get web hosting because, you know, he might get, uh, like, denied service if he tried to do it through Cloudflare or whatever. Like, they might say, oh, you, you're too dangerous for our brand. And, uh, you know, there must be some obstacle they're running into there that where, where he can't set up, like, some sort of free speech social media network. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, what happened to Parler, you know, they... Like, he, he tried to join Parler, and, like, within a day of that coming out that he had joined Parler, the thing got removed from the Apple Store and Amazon's, uh, like, storage, uh, internet storage uh, system that they were being hosted on, uh, shut them down, and uh, they got removed from the Google Play Store. They got, like, completely yanked off the internet. So I, I think if he tried to make something, something like that would just happen again. So, you know, I, I just don't know how you get around this uh, situation at this point. I mean, how is he going to run again in 2024, which he keeps heading in? If he can't, um, like, if, you know, if videos of his speeches get removed from YouTube for uh, violating their terms of service, which include, like, casting doubt on the election or vaccine misinformation or whatever they d- deem it to be, like... Yeah, see, the thing with vaccine misinformation is that uh, it's information they don't want to hear and they don't want people to know and they don't want another side of it. So that And it's completely internet censorship right there so then you don't have free speech these companies are not for it so uh, speaking of crazy people uh, what do we have a, a few people okay before we get before we get into Christian do we have anything on RIP shout outs because other than um, Takao Saito let me check my Twitter real quick uh, there was the one guy from Friday that passed away let me see uh, this, this, I was just going to say, uh, there, there was that negative review that we got on our podcast on Apple, oh, where they were like yeah. rambling conversation between two people, and the most worked up they got was about uh, complaining about uh, political correctness, and it's sort of like, well, yeah, I mean, the stuff we've just talked about is kind of more important than a cartoon. Like, yeah, yeah I'm going to get more worked up about, like, uh, the decline of free speech than I am about, like, if some cartoon has poor animation or whatever. Like, yeah. th- that that video, uh, that, I mean, that review was put out about the same time where we reviewed Captain of Cosmos. And it's like, yeah, that anime or whatever you want to call it since it's made in Korea, it does suck. And it's, like, filled with bootleg shit and it's, like, plagiarizing and whatnot. But I'm really not going to get angry about that in the same way that I would about, um, you know, a rigged election, that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, one thing kind of matters, and the other thing kind of is a fucking hobby. 
and something I watch for amusement. Yeah. Anime's fun. Politics are not supposed to be fun because it, it involves us in the real world. We can't we can't make up our own dimensions and escape there and become vegetable well, people like Chris Chan and just pretend like Chris things are. <laughs> yeah, well, look at him. Look at what happened to him and his um, escapism. Oh, Norm Macdonald passed away. That was the. That was uh, the big oh. one too. Yeah, R.I.P. Shout out to Norm Macdonald, uh, Turd That's Ferguson true. from a SNL skit. Um, good stuff. Weekend review. Yeah. I loved him on uh, Mike Tyson mysteries as pigeon. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh that kept that man work. I wish that had gotten another season, so we would have gotten to hear a little bit more of him. I know. But, uh, it was canceled a couple of years ago. Yeah, but it had I feel like it had a pretty good run. Oh, and speaking of canceled adult swim shows, they also canceled uh, Squidbillies recently, which is not too surprising given that they fired the voice actor up early. Yeah, last year? Yeah. Yeah. Like, but they kept, I guess, post-producing whatever he'd already recorded and stuff. So. Yeah, well, that's that That makes sense. Um, Yeah, Norm MacDonald was a big one uh, okay. that passed away. Anyways, um, God, all right, Chris Chan, we have to yes. we have to talk. About, holy fuck! Okay. So oh. um, did we did we cover the first part of this saga where he uh, got arrested for incest and all that? Yeah, I think yeah, we yeah. Did. We we covered that on the last recording. The um, it was the Evangelion because I have like an the episode image is an uh, end of Evangelion parody with Chris Chan's head to replace uh, Ray Ayanami. So clearly there's a significant connection there between us talking about Chris Chan and Evangelion all in the same freaking episode. Yeah. Oh. But um, I guess the, the new hilarious update is that, uh, yeah, they, they, they issued a continuance on the trial. So that wasn't very interesting. But then a few days after that, um, we heard that Chris Chan had sent a letter to Null which informed Noel that Chris Chan is the second coming of Jesus Christ. <laughs> He's like, compare a picture of me to any image of Jesus, and you'll see that the resemblance is uncanny. And it's like, yeah, Chris, I'm not seeing it. <laughs> and I say this as someone who people would come up to me in college and say, hey, you look like Jesus. You know, so you know, I I don't think anyone's ever said that to Chris. I don't think that anyone has ever noted that resemblance. It, it hurt my head and my soul reading this uh, letter, and because I I he I I do a lot of you know reading and understanding of biblical doctrine, and uh, I know I'm. I have I'm a strong Christian believer and a Christian myself, and even though I may not act it and say and say things that are, I say things that are very unchristiany on this podcast when I get worked up, like I just did in this episode, because of just people's stupidity. But, anyways, I I, I can only do my best. That's 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 it. But I I couldn't. I don't think I read this whole thing word to word. Um. But there's a whole lot of errors, errancy in this sucker. Errant misinformation, very unbiblical doctrine, to try to justify Christian's means of saying he's Jesus and that he's going through the same thing Jesus went 
But if my Bible serves me right, Jesus did not bang his mom, Mary. Yeah, I don't think that's why he got nailed to the cross. No, that definitely. Chris, Chris died for your sins. <laughs> Son that you died, died for your people. sins. Oh my gosh! Do you want to? Do you want yeah, to read this thing? Okay, sure. I'll I'll read it. Um, do you have a link? Yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to okay. just take it paragraph by paragraph? Like I, I, I you do one, and and I do one, and. Because I don't think it's very healthy if we if we if someone just sits down and reads the the whole thing at the same time. Let me let me let me post this in the the chat here real quick. It is. I just found it on my phone. I I can. Um, okay. Yeah, I'll start. I'll start reading it, uh, and then you can react to. It. I have finally received fresh paper and envelopes, and feel it advised to inform you of the following, all of which, as you may or will, you have my consent to relay all of the contents of this letter to Joshua, and then in quotes, uh, in all caps, NO, MOON, <laughs> as well as the, forward the physical document to David Heilberg, my attorney. The following everyone should hear and appreciate, sincerely authentic and spiritually and aura deep. I also swear direct truth with my left hand over my heart as I write this sentence. And my right hand jerking myself off. <laughs> uh -huh. Okay, so should I keep going, or do you want to take all right, over? Alright, alright, let me... Oh, God, help me. Firstly... So we're at firstly... Okay, yeah. I'm at f firstly and vitally, it should be made obvious and clear that aside from Andy Warhol... My life events at present and so far can be can directly be compared and matched with that which have been chronicled of none other than Jesus Christ of Nazareth himself. <laughs> Screw you! <laughs> In any holy Bible, hell no! <laughs> also, <laughs> feel free to take any, any... An altered original photograph of my body, body's face, neck, and shoulder chest area where I was not wearing the glasses. Then alter the photo to show a naturally growing brown beard, mustache, and sideburns. Now, place that photo next to any image of Jesus on or off the cross. Compare... Look deep into my eyes and photograph. <laughs> and see for yourself. <laughs> um, I meditate and connect directly and genuinely with the cosmos. Both of our universe halves, whatever that means. And throughout the timelines and the entire multiverse... So despite some lack of, quote, physical evidence, I know the ultimate truths, facts, and details not commonly known or written, drawn, or chronicled. That being said, all of my life, my mind, my eyes, and literally held the constant perspective of being the central camera number 000 out of all of dot, dot, dot. That's where one page ends and the next begins. Okay, dot, 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 and it continues, and you can take it from cheese. 
Ugh, I need something the other cameras. Okay. Infinite. From the first person perspective of all others, and this goes even deeper, and I encourage you to meditate deeply and see for yourself this and all of the other truths. And the reason and truth behind my unique perception is direct and mind-blowingly simple. I am literally the real player one. <laughs> the one avatar. And this body, eyes, mind, and all is the one God body. And I am literally also Jesus Christ himself, oh, fully reincarnated and fully reawakened. Even the dimensional merge, literally completed and concluding... The same for the collective shift. All of this is literally huge chunks of the past, present, and in present, in progress events of my second coming, period. <laughs> Not all of the details of past chronicled scripture writings are accurate. Uh-huh. <laughs> and a member of this council of gods and goddesses with the strongest and direct connections... I know details have changed some to a lot in regard to the scriptures of the past. Three days on Earth equals four months with 24-hour days slash nights in the heaven realm. So yes, this is the one eternal immortal body, and that was none other than I, often on the cross over 2,000 years ago in my past life, personally. And then... There's a description here. Uh, picture of a crucifix with a heart over the intersection, a horseshoe under it facing up, two lightning bolts beside each arm painting, pointing toward the bottom of the cross. That's like some little drawing Chris included. Each and every prayer and praise to Jesus as of February 1982 at least have been all directed to this body and soul, Malachi 3. Judgment Day is nearing. Know this well. Praise. Uh, do you have anything to say about this Bible verse? Does it uh, is Chris portraying it accurately? <laughs> no, no, I no, no, and hell no. Malachi three. He doesn't even put a, like a number after it. You think there's it's like three then a number after the three usually. So, but he like screwed up on his. Well, I'll, I'll read the first part of Malachi three. I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. I'll just get to like verse 5 or something. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit... As a refiner and purifier of silver, he will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness. And the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord as in the days gone by as in former years. There is nothing in that verse that has Chris, Chan, or Sonichu anywhere in this. I mean, excuse me, Holy Bible. Um, yeah, where's, uh, where's Mewtwo? Oh, and, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> first five. So I will come to put you on trial. I will be quick to testify against sorcerers, adulterers, and perjurers. 
against those who defraud laborers of their wages, who oppose the widows and the fatherless, and deprave the foreigners among you for, of justice. But do not fear me, says the Lord Almighty. Doesn't Chris Chan kind of follow under sorcerer, adulterer, and preju- preju- perjurers? And oppresses the widows? Did, did did he get to that part of the scripture? Because it's in the first. It's, yeah, how can you miss it? Somebody threw a Bible at him, and he looked through it. And, and there's no context of like, here's how you interpret scripture. It's here you go. God will do the rest of the work. It has not happened like that. If anything, it has made him worse, way worse. I don't know how much worse this guy can get, but we'll see. Uh, I guess I'll keep reading. Moving on, with all of that stated, your last letter. Next. Why I had transferred that money on Saturday, July 31st. Josh had absolutely no right in relaying that detail publicly. (laughs) And then he describes what happens on Friday the 30th. Uh, Do you want to describe that part? Uh, I'll read read this part, because this is pretty funny. So, Friday the 30th, forced out of my home in Temple. <laughs> had nowhere else to go. Had less than $50 between pocket money and only a couple of bucks or so in my bank account. No money in my PayPal. Patreon was not due for a payout until Sunday. And Social Security income was not coming into my bank until Tuesday. Harriet and Tom Ashby cast me out before I even arrived to Midlothian. The van was... His what? His aunt and uncle, they refused to allow him to come over because they figured out that he raped his mother. God bless them. They are doing the Lord's work. The van was not the majority uncomfortable. Josh had wired a thousand to my bank that Friday, but it would not arrive until after or on Monday. Little food and options. And you try bumming in any parking lot without feeling insecure and paranoid. I need safety and comfort as quickly as possible. At the Comfort Inn, of course. That's not what he put. I just threw that in there. That is why I transferred the money. I was going to pay it back in full. Even had 150 from Patreon on Sunday. The first that went straight to Barbie Chan's bank account. I would have paid the remaining 600 Monday or Tuesday, but Null had to fail his destined test and betray me. <laughs> like I was betrayed and jailed with a kiss over 2,000 years ago. <laughs> uh, so we're talking about, did Judas kiss Jesus before he betrayed him or something? I, I believe so, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, we continue with this pile of shit. Now, and as of the past arrest, I have absolutely no way to fulfill that repentance or anything else digital. Malachi 3, 6 through 15. Oh boy, scripture, we're going to get through this. I repeat that all personally. Now, all of you had to overdrama and fail your worldwide test of faith upon me. <laughs> oh, Chris, let's let's go to scripture, shall we? Let's have Bible study. We're gonna freaking do this. So I think the same part that you just read, Malachi three six. No, no, I got to I got to five. Here's what comes after. Oh. Okay, uh, you're and the, we're reading from the NIV, and there's a. 
uh, header that says "Breaking Covenant with Withhold- Withholding Tithes." Oh man! Uh, I the Lord. <laughs> Hold on. I, the Lord, do not change, so you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? And tithes and offerings... Verse 9. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe to the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. The vines in your field will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says Lord Almighty. Uh, I mean, 13 to 15 is, I don't know, it's, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, 14. You have said it is fruitile to serve God, but do we gain by carrying out his requirement and going about like mourners before God Almighty? Now, But now we call the arrogant blessed. Certainly, evildoers prosper, and when they put God to the test, they get away with it. So, to Chris, giving, stealing money, and you're supposed to give him money through Patreon, is a tithing. How self-arrogant does he have to be to come up with this malarkey of a threat? Oh, man. Yeah. You, you got, I figured you'd have some sort of comment. You're just like, I got nothing, man. Well, I don't even know what to say. Like, the guy thinks that, like, paying for people, for him to make, like, a Sonichu medallion is the equivalent of tithing when he never oh. even revealed before that he was the second coming. So, but I guess he considered himself a goddess before this anyway, so he okay. considered it maybe that way anyway. Okay, so. John MacArthur explained tithing pretty well, which I have to agree with. So tithing in the in the Old Testament is basically tax for the Judas or for for the Jews, and there's rules for that. And this is talking about people who are not paying their taxes through that tithing. And the Bible is about giving, and you will be given back. But then that's more on that's between you and God. There, that's really it. But tithing as in itself is to go towards the kingdom of Jerusalem. So, uh, Chris does not have a kingdom. He does not have any kind of form of government that you have to pay tithing to. You forgot he's the mayor of Quickville. Oh. Oh. Excuse me. Princess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Finish this off. I, I can't do it. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, we're at, at the FAQ, I think is what uh, we're at here. There's a sigh emoji. I guess he he physically wrote the word sigh at the start of this. Oh, yeah, he did. I'll just scroll up to see the letter. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> see, it's always sighing. Um, stress sighing, as they call it. Uh, finally, the all-important popular present FAQ. Why and what the hell? That's the first question. 
I think that's a pretty appropriate question to start off with. This is this is this this just just describes the whole letter in a nutshell. Why <laughs> and what the hell did Christian had to write this? And why and what the hell is he thinking when he wrote this? Emmanuel, and then in parentheses, God above all other gods and goddesses, and one of my mentors herself Bullshit. had deemed me to heal, cleanse, and clear Barbara of all her past sins and regrets and improve her abilities directly and personally oh as her God. goddess. Oh. I don't know what he's talking about there. I have to assume that this is a reference to Bella or some other troll that was manipulating him, calling themselves Emmanuel. He, he, does, he can't even, he can't, he, he, he cannot do that. That is through the blood of Jesus Christ. That has been done. Oh, 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 no. Continue. We, we mainly cuddle, soul bonded, and talk. With my penis. Consent, consentful and emotionally and mentally supportive and healing. I did as I had done for and with chosen few back in Israel <laughs> over 2,000 years ago in cleansing them. Oh, no, stop, 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 stop. His way of cleansing is banging everyone's mom. Is that essentially yeah, it? I, I don't remember that yeah. in doctrine. You missed the part where Jesus uh, went to Israel and had sex with his mother. <laughs> and went out his dick, his holy dick, and, and all. Oh, gosh. Oh. And my understanding is that his mother was not even from Israel. Like, uh, like he was, she was born at some place in Turkey that I went to, and, um, and then she, it was Nazareth where Jesus was born. Mm -hmm. So, uh, anyway, more details for the Bibles that had been overlooked and left out. Mm. We gods had eased up on the views of adultery. And he mm. spells it without you. Why else do you have all the pro-gay, pro-lesbian, pro-trans, and all today in the past decades? Everyone involved were all being genuinely, deeply happy, content, and spiritually satisfied with themselves and each other. Well, I'm not sure they were all that happy considering half of trans people kill themselves. As long as all are over the age of consent and the activity was consensual by all parties involved and genuinely spiritually happy, it is good. Okay, so that, that's some damnable mother effing heresy right freaking there. Obviously he doesn't know what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah in the Bible. Did you read that part of the Bible, Chris? Huh? You got to. You're going to see what happens when Sodom gets out of control and God's like, nope. <laughs> and yeah, no, the funny. Bible is clear on adultery and all the sexual sins that are listed that God forbids because it is against his design. So obviously you got some more reading to do. If it can even help. Yeah. It seemed like you got adultery and sodomy mixed up there. Cause I understand oh adultery God. usually means cheating on your wife. But um, sodomy like, is I'll more. never get married, so that won't happen to me. No. Oh, gosh. Oh, my stomach churns reading this. And then, uh, there's just one last paragraph here. I have written further insights and details and already shared them with David Heilberg. And I get out on second coming, or sooner. I guess he's talking about getting out of jail by ascending into heaven. By uninterrupted co-divine intervention. What? <laughs> All of your dreams and curses are no more, 
and unrevivable <laughs> Judgment Day. Praise us, gods. Christian Sanachu, the goddess Blue Heart, and your lord. So he's still doing the goddess Blue Heart thing, even though he's claiming to be the second coming also. That was the biggest pile of heaping bullshit I've ever seen written down. I gotta pass this along to these, like, Jesus tuber people on YouTube and just see what they, how they respond and... That's 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 enough material and heyday to go through for this guy. I don't know. I I actually don't want anyone to know. But there's certain people I like to troll with. I can't wait to see what happens when. Uh, I mean, assuming that this guy survives jail and comes out eventually, um, what happens next? Like, yeah. is he gonna is he gonna get like another group of troll orbiters who validate all his delusions like they did with the whole goddess bullshit? Because I would not be surprised at all if people come along saying, Oh, hey, Chris, I'm uh, Mary Magdalene. And then someone else comes along and says, Oh, I'm Paul. And we're all reincarnated here, and we're your new disciples. Oh, so please uh, put gosh. us in a private Discord server and tell us all about uh, the prophecies. Oh. And then and then they start manipulating him and getting him to commit unspeakable acts or something. This I mean, that's the kind is, of thing. This is how cults get started. This is cult mentality right here. It is. And, I mean, no god is not a woman. He made man in his image. If you make something in your image, you're copying yourself. So, God is a masculine god. And the Bible is written very masculine to, masculine to show that. So They always use he with a capital H to accentuate it. We to refer to God. It, when when God is referred to with a pronoun in, in the Bible, it's always He with a capital H. Yes. It's never She. Yes, with a capital never, you'll, you, now you'll probably find She in the feminist Bible, and that's you can burn those books immediately. I, I'm just I'm just I'm sounding like a half drunken bap, angry Baptist right now. I mean that's not what it is. So, oh man, I, I'm just. I'm saying the things Baptists w- should want to say, and they won't because they're anyways. I gotta let Eddie do yeah, all my language it's in this. Amazing episode. to see the way Chris's uh, delusions have just evolved. I mean, if you look at the early stuff and the early issues of Sonic Chu, I mean, he did believe all along that there was another dimension in um, in which he created Sonic Chu and all this kind of stuff, and he thought of Sonic Chu like a son. And and he would put his his own personal problems into the other dimension, mm-hmm. uh, where you would see uh, characters in the Sonic Two comics are based on his own personal enemies, like Mary Lee Walsh from his college, um, and uh, the cops who had uh, arrested him for soliciting at various locations uh, with his sign um, to get women, and uh, so he. He always had this sort of unhealthy connection between uh, reality and fantasy, where he he kind of thought there was this other dimension connected to mm-hmm. to this one. But it, it it could be seen as a sort of autistic coping mechanism for some time. Like in the two thousands, Chris was a more or less harmless idiot who just uh, was completely delusional and uh, hopeless, but. I mean, generally speaking, he didn't do anything on the level of what he started doing in the 2010s. I mean, uh, I think it's like early 2010s, maybe 2011 or so, where he starts 
uh, doing the Tom Girl thing mm-hmm. shortly before Bob dies and dressing like a woman and stuff. And then after that, he does the whole um, unclit incident where he tries to tries to change his body with a knife and ends up infecting himself. And then he starts listening to these psychic beats to try to mentally transform his body into a Yes, yes. And he was saying that his boobs were growing. He was actually growing. I mean, he's always had man boobs, but this is like him actually developing real breasts. And I'm like, through music. That was just him getting fatter. And his man boobs grew because he ate like extra McDonald's or something. And he thought it was the psychic beats. But, uh... Yeah, <laughs> um, and then it, it just keeps going from there. I mean, I guess the the point where it becomes dangerous is the idea guy saga, where uh, that guy started recording audio of like characters from the uh, from the other dimension uh, talking to Chris, and then um, and then now we find out about this this guy that was called I think Sean Walker, and he's like obsessed with. Uh, with Randy Stair, the guy who uh, oh gosh shot yeah. up that flea market, not flea market, um, the, the, su- the supermarket, yeah, because right? he had connections with a character and Danny Phantom or something. Yeah, yeah, he thought that he was shooting ghosts or something, and he was shooting real people. And and then this guy, he was making like documentaries about this Randy Stair character, and also running the Watchmen group that was uh, more or less manipulating Chris. Uh, with all these people coming in there saying, I'm the goddess of the uh, PlayStation Portable. I'm the goddess of the uh, MacBook Air Pro. I'm the goddess of the Sega Genesis. All these people coming in there telling him that they were all these goddesses of these video game systems. And then that that, that just gave them power over Chris to, mm-hmm. to validate his, like, fucked up behavior. I mean, as far as I can tell... Nobody really knew that he was having sex with his mom directly because he kind of was cryptic about it at first. But until that phone call that got leaked, mm-hmm. but they were they were having him do all kinds of fucked up stuff, like the like this Sean guy. I mean, there's like an eight minute audio clip that got leaked of him having Chris role play as Randy Stare, and he's like he's like pretending that he's this guy that shot up the supermarket and talking about like why he did it and all this stuff. And it's just like, is this guy trying to get Chris to become, like, a, a serial killer or something? Like, what is what are these fucking people doing? Like, and, and now that he's even more delusional and thinks he's the second coming, like, what what are they going to have him do next? Like, is he, are they going to have him, like, blow up, uh, like, the mall or something in an attempt to, like, uh, transcend this dimension or something? Like, hmm. I mean... <laughs> Like he, 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 like the more this guy's grasp on reality flips, like the more dangerous he is to the community. So I, I hope that he gets like locked up in an insane asylum for life or something, and he's just completely excluded from these, yeah, yeah, and is not in any contact with the general public at all. I mean, it, we wouldn't have the content of Chris Chan making an ass out of himself. But it would be best for everyone if this man was not um, interacting with the general public. I mean, that's why they denied him bail. They said not only is he a threat to society, society is a threat to him. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's it's just a toxic, mutually toxic relationship between him and these fucked up orbiters that are, mm-hmm. that we found out so much stuff about. I mean, about Bella, who was who was lacing her friends. Uh, drinks with estrogen to try to turn them trans 
and was uh, boiling hamsters alive with them and eating them and all these bizarre fucked up things that she was doing and you know uh, tasing her roommates and uh, tasing herself tasing himself, trying to get Chris to tase himself. I mean, this one is fucked up. <laughs> Not as much as Chris, but I mean, there's just so many fucked up people that we've learned about through all these leaks. And, it, and they just keep coming. Like, they, they, they've got, they've implicated like the the mods on the Quickie Discord server, the mods on the Kiwi Farms thread. Just, and it seems like everybody had some amount of culpability in all this. And like, I mean, I hope that these people are all just decimated and none of them come back to the Christian community because they've all been exposed by this user Spooky Bones who keeps making thread after thread about what the newest leak is and who has been implicated now. And mm-hmm. I mean, these people, <laughs> they all need to be like completely kept away from Chris and uh, you know shamed. I mean, most of them have deleted their Discord accounts and everything, which I guess is a good start, but I don't think there's any criminal liability that any of these people have. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think any of them like told Chris to rape his mother or whatever. But and even if they did, I don't know if suggesting incest is actually like a crime or not under the law. But I mean, they, obviously they're all just like totally toxic, fucked up <clears throat> people, and, and who knows what they do with this with this new iteration of Chris where he thinks he's Jesus. Yeah, it, it, it's not even funny anymore. I mean, uh, okay, yeah, we. I, I sure as heck laughed at this, but it was, it was a laugh of like, I was also, you know, disgusted at it. Like, you know, that it's like, gosh, just, you need help. But, yeah, I mean, Chris, it was funny when I when I first read this letter. Yeah, I definitely laughed at it a lot because it's just I, it's just like this new off the wall development. But it, you know, at some point, this saga has to end. Yeah, it just there there just needs to be the mental like Arkham Asylum arc of Christian's life, and that's the last one because he can't go well, anywhere. Let's hope. Well, if he's an Argon, he'll get out. Like, so then we don't, and then he'll become a supervillain. So that doesn't really help yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, we want like a, a more secure asylum than Arkham. Oh my gosh! Just any other asylum place that doesn't have the word Arkham on it. Right there, you go. Yeah, if it is Arkham, hopefully it's the version of Arkham they got gassed a few months ago in the DC comics, where Chris gets put out of his misery. Oh, gosh. I mean, certainly in the past, I, I, I don't think someone like Chris would have escaped a lynch mob. I mean, I think I think the, if this had happened 100 to 150 years ago, uh, they would have taken him out of the jail and hung him right away. But, uh, you know, Chris is lucky we're living in a more lenient period. And the worst-case yeah, scenario the is, that he, <laughs> is that he gets, uh, he gets uh, like... You know, they they decide that uh, this was like voluntary or something, and that he's so delusional that there there's no evidence that this actually happened, and that it wasn't just something that happened in his head or something. Mm-hmm. And and then he ends up saying like, "Well, I I plead insanity," and then they they put him on some psychotropic drugs for a few months. They decide he's re- responding well to it, and then they let him loose, and then it all happens again. I mean, that's the worst case scenario. 
And given all these times in the past where I thought, well, this is it for Chris Chan, you know. This guy just makes someone for no reason at GameStop. Oh, he ran over Michael Sniper. I mean, how is he going to get away with this? He keeps getting away with it. He's never spent any significant amount of time in jail. Until, it's like it's like it's always wow. the conclusion to like a Batman sixty six episode. How will Chris Chan get out of this one? Tune in next time, same chant, Chris time, same Chan channel or something. Yeah, <laughs> just make a sixty six Batman parody of how Chris gets in these situations. You know, by himself. It's not by his own accord, or it's all by his own accord. And then he just walks scot free. It's literally oh, the same thing. Holy incest. I see someone over there who thinks he's Jesus Christ raping his mother. Oh, oh, that's no good. Holy, holy Alabama hoedown, Batman. <laughs> Robin, I think we have something for this in our utility belts. Robin, I hear banjos. We better run. Holy F-string, Batman. <laughs> oh, that show is good. I'm, I'm yeah. gonna, I'm, I have a good drink, some wild turkey, and sip on that, watching some Batman. That's how I spend my nights before I go to bed. And uh, it, it has not disappointed me. That show is great. I just, uh, the first episode was the fact that they had to drive from the Batcave to headquarters, police headquarters, for them to look at a note. And then for them to fit a, figure out a riddle, when all they could have done on the bat phone was just tell them what the riddle says, and they would have been able to figure it out there. And then the, the, they got the police captain, who's like the as dumb as Rock. He's like, "Man, we would have never been able to figure that one out, Batman. Good thing we sure called you here." Hey, you know, it's in that, uh, police department. That Irish guy. Yes. Uh, that works with Gordon. Yes, that guy. Yeah, he's an original for the show. That's not in the comics, but uh, he is very funny. He's like a he's like a Watson type from the old uh, Basil Rathbone, Nigel Bruce uh, films, where he's like the absurd like guy that's just there, kind of like a, a totally incompetent crime solver yeah. that has to rely on other people. How did you become police captain? Like, there, there's one episode where. Uh, I think I think Batman is out of town on a hunting trip, and then Commissioner Gordon and the and the police captain uh, they they like try ringing the bat phone, and and then there's no response, and then they look at each other and they're like, "The unthinkable has happened. We'll have to deal with this crime ourselves." <laughs> <laughs> it's just so hilarious. I can't wait to get to that episode. Well, that was the same thing with Powerpuff Girls. Remember, they didn't help the city of Townsville and like a problem, and they just sat in the cloud and they're like, "Okay, guys, you don't need to call us for every little thing. Y'all can figure this out." And they're like, "Uh." <laughs> yeah, that was a good episode too. The mayor of Townsville. Yeah, he, I think he probably is uh, based to some extent on uh, <laughs> the, the way that Commissioner Gordon. Uh, Oh, the, it was uh, Chief O'Hare. That's his name, the Irish guy. Yeah, right. yeah O'Hare is very just... Irish. Yeah, yeah, he's always he's always saying like uh, "Saints preserve us" and that kind of stuff. Or Begora, you know, all these kinds of Irish. I, I wonder if he's a Protestant Irishman or a Catholic Irishman. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think they could clarify what part of which Ireland. Which side he of the? Which side of the? Uh, 
the uh, is he going to join the IRA? Is he going to retire? <laughs> Fight the revolution against the nasty Catholics and preserve Protestantism? So, he he would have been the type to try and set off a suicide, try to set off a bomb, and it would ended up being a suicide and a bombing on accident or something. Like he's that incompetent that he wouldn't be able to leave it there without letting it uh, explode. Yeah. He might be a Catholic Irish because I mean Catholics use saints a lot, so that's something. That's not Protestant talk, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's true that the Pope is the one who designates who the saints are. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. So I wonder, like, I wonder, like, how many people like in in Ireland saw this show and they just in like you had the IRA people, the Protestants that were just like, we cannot stand that character. We hope every episode he dies because he's a Catholic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is true. You see, like a lot of like Catholic settled areas in the U.S., like in the Southwest. Um, oh, I mean, they've got like they've got walls in their neighbor. I was reading this stuff like a week ago. Like they have actual walls in their cities to divide the Protestants and the Catholics because that's how bad that got there for like thirty years. In Ireland, yeah, yeah. with the whole um, man, I can't. The troubles is the what troubles, they call it. That's it. Yep. They, well, they don't. They don't like way. tolerance, and to me, that's that can go either way. It's like we're. I think in America, we're we're overly, overly too tolerant, and there they don't want to deal with any of that. So then it's kind of like, well, if I had a pick, I'd rather just, you know, stay on my side of the fence and and make the life make life be the, work out the best for me. I guess so. I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess they did manage to resolve it. I mean, it seems that the separation issue of you know, the North stays with the UK, and we don't know how long that'll last with, the, yeah. you know, Brexit and the, all the different stuff going on with the EU and, like, Scotland trying to secede and so many different mm-hmm. things that are happening these days over there. But, I mean, they, they, they chose that, and maybe someday they'll be their own independent North Ireland because the UK seems like it's a country that's kind of falling apart. But yeah. the South being a own country makes sense, too, because they just do not want to be... And, you know, controlled by the Queen, and I don't blame them because they have their own long, independent, separate history. They're their own island. They have their own religion and their own culture, their own ancient language and his and culture and history and everything. And it's all very, you know, Irish. It's not British exactly. You know, they have Gaelic. Like uh, I don't know how many people still speak that, but like at least they have, you know, some sense of who they who they are. I guess, although it, it does seem like they've. They've changed a lot over the last uh, 20 years or so. Like, uh, they used to be probably, like, the most conservative country in Europe or something, but now it's, like, they they have, uh, they did that ballot referendum on um, legalizing abortion a few years ago, and uh, it got approved, like, two to one or, or more. Um, and, you know, I think they recently legalized gay marriage there, and they, they seem to have... I mean, they they fought this whole war to preserve their, like, Protestant culture, and then within a few decades of, like, imported Hollywood movies, that's all kind of fallen away. Mm. So, I mean, it it seems like they're going to end up being, like, just as degenerate as Europe, uh, the rest of Europe eventually, and maybe they're already there at this point. I I just know I had a a youth pastor of mine tell me that we were always 10 years behind Europe when it comes to our morality, and I, I was like, you know, thinking like, dude, dude, you're you're full of it, man. Like, no way. And now, like, it's been 15 years, and I'm like, oh my gosh, we're right on the coattails of whatever Europe does. We got to do the same thing. So, 
it, it's scary. Yeah, I mean, you can see just with the way that COVID was handled that these people all move in tandem, like the, all these these leaders of these countries, and even people who tried to resist at first, like Trump and Johnson, they were just overwhelmed by, uh, you know, they, I guess just the public health establishment, which people didn't realize was this powerful, but it is, um, you know, that... People like Dr. Fauci, I mean, when he said something, it happened. I mean, he, he said, okay, well, we have to do lockdowns for two weeks. It happened. And then he said, oh, well, we have to extend it. And then Trump said, okay, we'll extend it to Easter. And then it just kept getting extended and extended and extended. And, and nobody knew this man, Dr. Fauci. No one had ever heard of this guy yeah. before. But it turns out he was the highest paid government bureaucrat all along. And uh, that he had all these powers that no one would have thought that CDC had, which are now ruled unconstitutional by the Supreme Court, like the eviction moratorium. Uh, that was something that they just said, oh, we're just now going to determine that, uh, you know, you have to keep someone on your property, even if you don't want to indefinitely. And, and we're a disease agency. You know, you wouldn't think this, you'd think this would be something for the housing and urban development agency or something, but... Yeah. Uh, you know, they just decided, well, this is what we're going to do, and then they did it. And, uh, you know, and then you have the restrictions on uh, the synagogues in New York City where they were doing all these kinds of anti-Semitic uh, yep. shutdowns of, of the synagogues, and then the, the Supreme Court said, well, no, these were illegal too because it goes against freedom of religion and freedom of assembly. And I, I just hope that a lot of the stuff can work its way up there quickly and, and get struck down, but I mean, we've had to put up with years of it. I mean, if, if they're going to do this stuff, it'd be nice if the Supreme Court could get to it a little quicker, do some sort of prior review before the law gets implemented, but mm-hmm. it's like a very slow process, so a lot of people are going to lose their jobs from this vaccine mandate before it ever makes it to the court. I mean, there's there's people quitting over it. I mean, I, I yeah. Supposedly, I heard that there was like a bunch of truck, truck drivers that were going to walk out on the job like a week or two ago or something. So, I, I don't. We, but you, I didn't hear any report on that, so I'm not really sure. Otherwise, it's yeah, going to be reported. It seems like the truckers are often full of hot air. I remember these guys saying during the BLM rioting that cities that defund the police, they're not going to deliver there anymore. But then I didn't really hear anything about shortages of goods coming into these cities. So I don't know if they actually follow through on this stuff or if it's just a yeah. few of them that say this and then they, those guys get fired and replaced with scabs or I don't, I don't know how the whole trucking industry works, but uh, you, you do often hear about them being like the most resistant pr- part of the mm-hmm. workforce, I guess, because they're like, you know, most of those guys are wearing MAGA hats and, uh, you know, I think probably that's, one of the most conservative professions. They're not like, I, I mean, I think probably the fact that they're generally not college educated is probably the biggest indicator of, you know, Trump support. Like if you look at polls, it, people who go through college indoctrination uh, definitely move to the left. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you can see, you know, people like Daft who are Biden voters you can see him looking down on uh, these people at the flea market. He says, I was asking him about this this booth where they do a poll on whether you're a good person or not. And he says, I didn't go. I assume they would say I'm not. 
since I'm probably one of the only people who graduated college here or high school. So, I mean, you, you can see this when Trump made that comment at one of his speeches. Uh, I think it was the, um, the victory speech after he won the Nevada caucus in 2016. He was reading off all the groups that he won. And one of the things he said was, I love the poorly educated. And <laughs> they really, like, they were like, how could you say this? Because you're not allowed to love these people. You're supposed to hate them. Uh, that's like the way the media regards them. They they hate them. They want them to lose their jobs. They want them dead, eventually. You know, uh, that's the way they're regarded by Well, as CNN. someone who is college educated, and um, I do not share Daft's sentiments. So there you have it. And I think yeah. I actually did better in college than Daft did. I don't know. He, he was the one that w- didn't do anything until the last minute. And then I bust my butt for like a C, so I I don't know. Uh, well, do we have anything closing remarks or should we call it quits here? I think the, the the Chris Chan thing was the major thing on the whole letter and getting that out there and sharing our thoughts on it. How did it make you feel? Like crap. <laughs> Anyways, this is another f- politically driven fun episode. Um, we, we reviewed like our movie in 45 minutes and then spent the rest of the time talking about the rest of the stuff happening in this country and our thoughts. So, And you're welcome to agree or disagree. We at least have that freedom on here for now to say that and choose that. So there you have it. Um, yeah. Tune in next time for whatever the heck we're going to talk about. It was supposed to be Hathaway's Flash or Bastard or um, uh-huh. it may be convention talk. I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe we'll watch Hathaway's soon. Yeah. There's, that, uh, there's that new version of uh, that that Gundam episode that Tomino hated that's in yes, production. Yes, so freaking Yasuhiko, Yoshikazu Yasuhiko is making... An anime film off the Koskin Island episode of Mobile Suit Gundam, and I assume that's going to be the best thing ever because he's working on it, and that dude is a master storyteller. So I am ecstatic for that. I, I honestly like thinking on the episode plot wise, it's really good. You know, as a Xeon defector watching after some kids. Tamino doesn't like it because the animation, his an, the animation staff did a terrible job putting it together. But the plot-wise of it, when you think about the story and the characters, like, you know, and put that in perspective of a, a very anti-war episode, it's actually pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I remember when I watched it, I didn't think it was so bad that it should have been excluded from the English dub the way it was. Yeah, that's that's the stupid thing about that. It's like, why can't we not enjoy that episode? You have to go to fan subs to watch it. So, But now we're getting a whole film. And it better Degum well be released in America, that's for sure. Yeah, I hope they do an English dub. They probably will. Yeah. It seems everything kind of tends to get dubbed. Um, yeah, that, that, uh, that was... Uh, I mean, I didn't even think the animation was that much worse than the rest of the show. I mean, all of the animation of that show is very dated, late seventies oh, animation. There, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of animation mistakes in that show. Like, I, I remember like kind of watching and just laughing at like you know, if the beam rifle like how it matches up or whatever. And uh, yeah, I, I just kind of you know I laughed, but um, 
It was. It's still like it's still like the show overall is really good. But I mean, yeah, it's got its animation mistakes because they were tr- on such a tight budget or like timeline or time frame to make an episode. Yeah, and in general, I mean, TV animation from the seventies is not really regarded as being especially high budget. Yeah, well, they didn't put a whole lot of money into TV shows in the seventies for anime. I mean, that, that's just being real there. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't have everything be Ghibli quality animation because no. there just isn't the time and money. Um, that's just the scarcity of, of <clears throat> means that exists in the real world and. Um, you know, it takes a long time for Miyazaki to hand paint something like Princess Modern okay. I mean, it, you, 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 there hasn't been anything that's been done that way since Modern okay. They've moved to these digital processes, mm-hmm. and you can cut corners that way and make it look aesthetically pleasing, but I mean, it, it doesn't have the soul of, it, of an old hand-painted um, film, even if it is, uh, you know, if it is eye-pleasing in its own way. I mean, a lot of people will drool over the way, you know, Demon Slayer is animated with all these CGI flames zooming around and everything yeah. from the sword. But, I mean, it, it, it really does not do it for me the same way that something like Nausicaa or, or Mononoke does in terms of the animation. Yeah. Uh, oh, speaking that's of just old... my personal preference for uh, old school I was going to say, um, speaking of older anime, I did get through um, High Speed Galveon recently. And that was a show that, like, made it to 22 episodes and was canceled. So, like, the last episode gave, like, this, like, two minutes, like, a minute summary of, like, how the show would have ended. So, it basically ends on a cliffhanger, which is which really sucks. But that was a good show. Um, and then I picked up um, uh, Brygar on Blu-ray, thanks to Discotech. That, that came in with my um, Blu-ray Fatal Fury OVA collection. So, if I ever need that in HD to watch, I got that. But yeah, so Galveon. I mean, if you want some episodes, like you can watch them, and we can do a review of it at some point. It's it's not a bad show. I mean, it's not the best, but I I mean I I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I do need to see that one. Um, it, apparently, it was animated by Kokusai Egasha, which is best known for doing the J Nine series. So yeah. I guess it's by the same company that did Breiger and Sasu Riker and Banksinger. Right. And I think those series um, were more profitable than, than uh, Galveon, so then they just had to cancel that show or something. Yeah, it was their last series, I guess, because it bombed so badly. Yeah. But um, I did see the first five episodes of Breiger, and I really enjoyed it. So I'll, probably, I'll try to watch the rest of it, and that's something we can talk about at some point. That's, that's so, a plan. I, yeah, I, I'm interested in watching an older anime at some point. Yeah, I've still got like yeah, dirty no. pair on DVD from a year ago, and other things that I need to get around to watching. So, um, anyways, I think, uh, gosh, about two hours and twenty minutes. Um, I think we need to end it. Yeah, the closing remarks were probably the same length as the uh, the movie. So. Yeah, we went. We talked about more about closing remarks in that film. I think we okay, exceeded, well, I think we exceeded uh, the film cool. timeline. It was like an hour forty four. Uh-huh. Alright. All right, see you next time. Alright, see you guys.
time I look at you, I don't understand why you let the things you did get so out of hand. You'd have managed better if you'd had it planned. No, why'd you choose such a backward time in such a strange land? If you'd come today, you could have reached the whole nation. Israel in for BC had no mass communication. Don't you get me wrong. Don't you get me wrong. Don't you get me wrong. 